What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Yes, we are back, people. Holy moly, we are back. Just want to give a huge shout out to those hashtag Save Scorpion people. You guys have been blowing up our social media everywhere. So just wanted to give you guys a personal shout out. Whole bunch of industry news on the agenda for today. We got two special guests, both from the hottest podcast in the country, America 2.0. The one and only J.S. Mayank and Spencer Garrett. Man, it's going to be a good show. Oh, yeah. what? It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to talk to those guys about that. Hell podcast. Yeah. yeah. Podcast love, man. Podcast love, man. <laughs> hottest you do, hottest podcast in the country. Hashtag podcast love. Hashtag podcast love. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But uh, let's start off with some industry news. The box office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the box office was huge last week with some huge. the second highest grossing movie in October. Halloween. Halloween. Michael Myers yeah. is back. That's right. Yeah. It surpassed the entire uh, franchise. Yeah. It yeah. set a franchise record, which is pretty awesome. Uh, That's I also think... uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is back, too. Yeah, yeah. she is sure back. Yeah. Again. Again. Yeah. <laughs> back again. 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 She is back. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I think the franchise record was held by the Rob Zombie version before this one. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome to see. I think it's going to be number one again, but we'll talk about that later on in the show for the box office. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it. it uh, I mean, we've got Halloween coming up. Yeah. I, I, exactly. How is it not going to be number one during Halloween weekend? I'm I mean, they I think didn't wait to release it. Yeah, we talked I, about I thought that it was too. a little early, but maybe to build yeah. up the hype a little bit more and yeah. get some more uh, oomph. Out yeah. Of it. Right. Yeah. But we shall see. We and shall see. Second biggest October opening, you said, right? Mm -hmm. Because Venom still holds that the that first crown. one. Yeah, yeah, with like eighty million. Yeah. Yeah. So, so close. Seventy seven point five. Yeah. Is what they, they were talking. Got. They were they were thinking maybe Venom yeah. was in trouble for the but mm -mm. Yeah. Which outdid my expectations to be honest. I predicted around sixty to sixty five, so bravo to y'all. Bravo. I mean, yeah, and I think it, it might be one of those rare films that like actually we see an increase from the opening weekend yeah. to the second weekend instead of a decrease. Because like I said, you got Halloween coming up. Yeah. I'm betting it's going to do really well over Halloween. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Bloomhouse but... Productions. Yep. Just letting y'all know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Did you find any uh, female directors yet, Jason? Oh, man. Let's <laughs> let's not get on to that one. Let's not get on to that one. He has apologized. Oh, he has apologized. Yeah, he, he retracted that. Yeah, he, he has apologized. But some other wonky stuff that's going on. Disney exploring the possibility of a Pirate's Caribbean reboot and with the deadpool writers like is this going to be a darker why? version what, what what is the, i don't understand why there are reboots now while things are already are kind of standing yeah, yeah. that's my that yeah. was my thing like they just kind of wrapped it up what five years ago something yeah. like yeah that? it wasn't even that long exactly ago. so i feel like there should be a longer time and, frame for these things and who <laughs> could play a better captain jack sparrow than johnny depp exactly I'm sorry, he is that character yeah exactly exactly and and the last one didn't do that well. Yeah. So you need some space, mm -hmm. man. If the last one didn't do so well, people are telling you we're kind of burnt out on exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. give it some space, man. Exactly. Like is, uh, I just. Is Orlando Bloom doing anything these days? Uh, I actually yeah, just yeah, saw him Perry. in the news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> whoa! Oh. Hey, whoa! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jeez, y'all just blew out the channel. Oh my god. Right, anyway. But yeah, okay. that. So I, this is still just. Then works. They're talking about it, but eh, 
I'm not interested in it. No, no especially since you, you know you're going to take. And I'm not saying that the Deadpool writers aren't capable of doing well, something that's, that's other than Deadpool. But what is it going to be like? An R-rated, you know, in right. your face well, kind of a okay, reboot. So, so, like, they, so they got their hands on the Fox catalog, and they they got dead, you know Deadpool's in the Fox catalog. And it was like. Okay, we're gonna take these writers and make a Disney film out of, with them, right? Like, what the hell? I <laughs> yeah, I just well, it's like it's like they're being it's like they're being uh, they're gonna train them. Yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Especially they're going, they're going since... to Disney U. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just I, I I'm with Logan though. Like like, just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Keep it in the park. Exactly. It's exactly. Been done. <laughs> Some yeah. other things that came out this week: Wonder Woman. Getting pushed back seven months. Seven months. It was going to come out in 2019, but now 2020. Yeah. I wonder if this is, well, if they're kind of reshuffling everything of how they're going to arrange their universe, and that's just going to... Well, I think I think what they... It was initially scheduled to come out in the fall, and I think they realized that Wonder Woman is a tentpole for the summer. Yeah. So they shoved it back <laughs> well, to a summer release. Well, that, like I said, it could be something about that because they don't... All those things they had planned yeah. are no longer there, and yeah. they need that. To, I did kind of... see that uh, the new Charlie's Angels took uh, Wonder Woman's spot for that fall Which release. is interesting, yeah. because next week we'll be talking to the writer yeah. of the other one that's going head-to-head with the new Charlie's Angels, Terminator 6, yeah. is going to be opening against Charlie's Angels. Yeah. So that would be real. It's going to be interesting to yeah. see. I, I see why Wonder Woman's just like, well, I'm just going to handle summer. Yeah, you know, exactly. I don't, I don't need to compete with all these other, you know, so. Exactly. He's also got another picture coming out that comes out next week, so it'll be a good time. Yeah, oh, really? so, so think, of, think about that, though, for a second. It could be strategic by Warner Brothers because Terminator, Linda Hamilton is back. Yeah. Linda Hamilton's like badass, kick-ass, exactly. tough-ass woman who's going to be like handling business. Yeah. You don't want Linda Hamilton to go against Wonder Woman. Yeah. You know, I mean, so it was a smart move, like, you know, yeah. I think. Yeah. So we shall see. We shall see where that goes. Um, I have faith in Wonder Woman. I don't have faith in DC. Just saying. No, yeah. Wonder Woman is fine. Yeah. Just like, they're good to go. Yeah. It's going to do great. Yeah. Agreed. But, Agreed. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine coming back. You heard how it got canceled by NBC and then got picked up by Fox. Well, I guess it's back at NBC, so it's coming back January two thousand nineteen. What the hell? What? Yeah, and I feel that's... like maybe that's another Disney decision. Yeah, like maybe Disney didn't want it. Yeah, but then I guess brought it back because of or no maybe because NBC. of the cry out. They went. We got this many fans waiting. Maybe we'll take it back. Maybe yeah. we won't give it. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. I like Terry Crews, so go, go, guys. Just proud of you. <laughs> go, yeah. guys. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, I feel like if it keeps getting canceled, maybe there's a reason. <laughs> maybe there's a reason. <laughs> I mean, I like everybody involved in the show. Yeah. You know, and it's creatively well done, and yeah. it's funny, and but if you keep getting canceled, exactly, maybe people don't want to watch it. Exactly. I'm just saying, like, stop and picking I just, it back up. I honestly do not understand why people just keep canceling shows like this, but cancel shows that have a great following like scorpion they have a great following and have yet to be picked back up and we're still solid in the ratings exactly they were still high in the ratings and they can't yeah like what's up with that yeah well that was great you just said that because that segues into our next topic tv ratings yeah the connors dropped now we want to say that the what was it baseball series yeah it did air against the world's game one of the world series it did but 
It would have dropped anyway. It would have, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it would have dropped anyway. That's at least, yeah, my opinion, his opinion about it. I don't, I don't know. And then also The Walking Dead continues to oh, drop week, week after week. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I think my theory on The Walking Dead, Roseanne, I, or the Connors, I'm sorry, the yeah, Connors. the Connors. Um, I just think that's going to just continue its downward trend. People are done with it. Yeah. I, I, the th- my theory on The Walking Dead is, is that when they killed Carl, mm. And all Carl, of the hardcore Carl, 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 Carl uh, all of the hardcore loyal fans realize that the main storyline that everybody was waiting for, the Carl Negan Rick storyline, wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, that was it. They lost interest, and now they now they find out Rick is leaving. Mm-hmm. I think that they're just not invested anymore. Yeah. They're like, well, there's no Rick, there's no Carl. <laughs> What's Negan gonna do? Yeah. So fuck I, it. You know, and I, I, I feel a, like they're done. I mean, I don't, I don't know. This is just my prediction. I think Negan's going to take the lead. You think so? Well, Daryl is supposed to be number know, one on the call a, sheet. Right. But well, I mean, you even said last week, uh, the show that just came out or something, right? Um, Negan said, you're just getting all this ready for me. Yeah. To yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, so but yeah, even I mean, that's not accurate, yeah. though. Like, the storyline is they actually work well, together and become... Out of the window, yeah, exactly. You know? They obviously don't care about right, the storyline, Right, line, which is why it's going to end. Yeah. Because the fans were invested. They could handle... This being a little different, yeah. this kind of being a little different. Let's yeah. add a character that's not in the comic books. Okay, right. we're okay with. They're not okay with killing Carl and Rick. Yeah, from what I understand, could Rick's not going to die. It could be but... a tale of two tribes or whatever. It's like I mean, and Negan will take take on. I guess they they Rita's and uh, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan could both take on the role of of Rick. Yeah, of their perspective. Groups. Yeah, I mean, you never know, man. But yeah, I. But know, how does this go against too... um, the cable numbers? Maybe a lot of people are dry. Uh, this is including streaming numbers too. I believe it's only conclu- uh, including the actual numbers on TV. Yeah, because like I get the yeah. Connors dropping because that's going to be that's out there on the Nelson boxes right. and everything else. But this is The Walking Dead. A lot of people are cutting the cord too, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are just waiting to view it on Netflix or yeah, any other place. Oh, like yeah, that's, year after that's the absolutely season. true. That's yeah. absolutely. But I, I mean, just, I don't know. I think this is going to be a lot more weight, uh, ratings after. Yeah, I, possibly. I mean, I feel like Breaking Bad did huge on streaming after absolutely. the show was off. Yeah, after so, the I show mean, was off. Yeah. yeah, but for the actual TV side, eh, maybe I give it two more seasons. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't even give that. Really? I think it's going to be done after this season, really? which is interesting because remember they've got a new showrunner, mm-hmm. and the old showrunner Scott Gimple has been promoted up, mm-hmm. and he's in charge of the Walking Dead universe, if you will. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's supposed to be all kinds of spinoffs coming. You know, not just Fear the Walking Dead, but yeah. The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, and a bunch of other new spinoffs, a potential uh, feature film. And I'm like, uh, they're not even staying to watch the flagship yeah. show. So if they're not staying to watch that, how are you going to launch yeah. this huge if universe? If your number just, one, like, breadwinner is not winning or getting, bringing bread to the table, then, yeah, the, these other people are not They're going to reboot it. it. You think That's so? It. They're going to reboot, reboot Eventually, it. let's give it yeah. a year, they'll reboot no, it. No, That's they're true. planning a reboot right now, apparently. Yeah, they probably I mean, are. They pretty much did that with Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. They did. They, I mean, the whole thing was supposed to be a prequel. Yeah. And then, like, this had to be started this season. Like, Morgan's there, and they're like, yeah. you didn't even have to watch the first three seasons. We all caught Here up. Here we are. Yeah. It's like, what? Uh, right. Yeah. That was really crazy. hard for me to get through, and I actually started to kind of enjoy it. Yeah. I only watched season. the first season of that one, so, eh. Yeah. I wasn't was... a huge fan. But. Yeah. 
Never know. Never know. Uh, some more craziness. Some more crazy stuff that's happening. Luke Cage canceled after two seasons. Mm. Uh, mm. I mean, bigger plan with Heroes for Hire right. or that's... or going right. back on, or is it going to Disney Street? Right, and so, I, that, right. That's, that was my prediction on right there. Of, yeah. On top of the Iron Fist cancellation. Yeah. Yep, Luke Cage. And um, yeah, it seems to be swirling back and forth. There, there's rumors that they were both canceled um, for a Heroes for Hire to make room for a Heroes for Hire. On the Disney um, service. I also heard rumors that they want to go with a female-led mm-hmm. series, and so they're going to do, do both. Daughters of the Dragon. I think shit. they're going to do both. And, the, and you're going to see Luke Cage and Danny show up on their show. It's yeah. going to be Misty and Colleen, yeah. and they're going to continue their roles on their show yeah. as in the supporting role. I'm thinking um, it's going to be a, a Heroes for Hire series and a Daughters of the Dragon series. Well, we'll find out immediately because we know we've got punisher coming they've already filmed it so it's definitely coming for its next season but if we hear that daredevil is canceled because daredevil just like was huge Huge. in the ratings yeah if we hear that daredevil's canceled we know for sure it's a shift for disney taking it back how do you put a show like daredevil Daredevil on a disney service (laughs) honestly yeah watching the because i caught up this past week so i could get ready for uh, season three, but uh, yeah, just the brutal. first freaking season, man. Like, yeah. oh, I'm getting Kingpin chewed out for not catching like, up. Cause I just oh, you haven't it. watched it from the first season? And I did. And oh. I started watching it like literally last week, and you now I'm them, on Chris? season three. Uh, I was like three or four episodes in, and then uh, I didn't oh, have man. Netflix for a oh, okay. yeah. uh, All right, well, uh, I mean, first season. Uh, it's, know, all of it's brutal. Fist takes a guy's head off with a car door. Yeah, I mean, come that on. was amazing. Well, <laughs> I saw that. I did see that. Yeah, that scene was, I was like, wow. But, I guess it's going to go back to because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. While Netflix and and let's make it clear, if if this is what's happening and and Disney's going to get them back, it's not Disney taking them back because right. they were under contract with Netflix for a couple more years. So it's Netflix giving them back. And if that is the case, though, we talked about this a couple a couple of shows ago. I don't. I, everybody's like, like with what you just said, the general. How's this going to be on Disney? How's it going to? It's not. It's going to be on Hulu. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be. They're not going to keep it on the Disney Go streaming. Yeah. It's going to be on Hulu, yeah, which is where they've already said they were going to keep the rated R content from mm. 20th Century Fox. Yeah. So it only makes sense to me that they would keep this television Marvel universe on Hulu. That's fine. I still have Hulu. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, um. Yeah. So. I'm real curious to see what it is, though. Yeah. Is it, I mean, like, I don't know. Just let us know. But yeah, freaking Danny posted, the character who plays Danny posted uh, the end, or this is not the end, or something like that. And yeah. then Luke Cage posted something that was like similar to that. Right, so. always moving forward. Yeah. They're definitely hinting that they know their characters aren't done. Yeah. So I think the fact that they had two seasons of each show is just basically all set up for a, a another for thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fans want a Heroes for Hire. Exactly. So whether it's on Disney uh, or whether all, it's I on. I think the idea that Iron Fist was made at all <laughs> was for the Heroes for Hire. Was, was to set up for Heroes for Hire. Because. Yeah. Luke Cage had a lot more legs as a character yeah. by itself to carry his own show. Yeah. More than Iron Fist. But you know who I really want to see? Blind Spot. Blind Spot. James Chen yeah. as Blind yeah. Spot. Well, I mean Just that's saying. I mean he the opening now is for Daredevil. Yeah. He can show up on Daredevil. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you haven't listened, you can go back and listen to our show with James Chen, our interview. He was 
on Iron Fist Season 2. We yeah. have no shame here at Plugs. No. no. Of course not. Shameless what? <laughs> Shameless what? So many ridiculously awesome and interviews. Exactly. you got to go back and listen to You can yeah. listen and to and those you'll, you'll on... You'll hear, hear us uh, talking with our pinkies out. Exactly. And, uh, well, speaking, yeah. Them. Yeah. speaking of, though, or did they cancel them and are giving them yeah. back to Disney because they're running out of money? They, are, uh, <laughs> they, they did just announce that they were further going after another $2 billion. Um, and they've already $8 billion for this year. And there's something like, you know, in, I want to say closing in quickly on $100 billion in debt. Damn. Um, I thought it was only in the millions. I didn't know yeah, it was no. in the billions. So, so, yeah, they spent $8 billion alone on you content. you spend money to make so, money. Ooh. And that's exactly what they're saying. And, and they're anticipating another $2 billion increase for next year. So you can expect another raising of $2 billion coming. So that's crazy. I have like, faith in Netflix. What's that? I have faith in Netflix. I, I do, too. I think they know what they're doing, clearly. Um, I mean, I love Netflix, and I, I, I want to have a lot more faith, but it's kind of looking like Disney's looking at putting a shotgun to their mouth and going, go ahead, yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> make my day. Na- name, name. Wow, that's uh, pretty graphic. Yeah, call, I'm right? sorry. Like, <laughs> but Disney's doing that, though. That'll, be, like, on, that'll be on Hulu. Is yeah, that'll be on Hulu. <laughs> Hulu's um, taking all the content. I can just see it, I can see this mental image in my head of Mickey with a, with a shotgun. <laughs> Eat it, bitch! <laughs> like, I mean, like, I my don't know. God. But, um... <laughs> Eat lead, <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> like God. Um, so anyway, I feel like though. I feel like name a company that's not swimming in debt. That's I mean Disney swimming in debt. Yeah, they don't. You don't hear about it a lot, but they're swimming in debt. Yeah. I mean, well, they, they just, just acquired ac- all the debt and everything from Fox. Right. right. And, I, I mean, and all of that that was in Lucasfilm. I and- think every company that that is successful is is has debt. They're carrying yeah. debt because well, you have to spend money to make money. And well, I mean, debt is debt is healthy for for companies like that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have out. in when you have Marvel that's making billions and billions of dollars, well, Lucasfilms. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, I mean, right now Lucas isn't doing so well the star wars movies are getting backed up no but the merchandise is still oh yeah the merchandise is still very strong okay and let's remember though everybody freaked out last quarter when netflix missed Mm -hmm. its expectations and subscribers and they were all like oh my god they're spending eight billion dollars and they're and then they didn't even have new subscribers and they're missing their expectations and everybody freaked out everybody put the stock on sell and like yo blah and then this time they come and like kill the expectations have more subscribers than what they were supposed to get and now everybody's like oh they clearly know what they're doing yeah everybody remember even reed hastings said guys we beat what we thought we were going to get. Exactly. Just because we didn't hit your eye, we know what we're expecting exactly. to get. I mean, they know what they're doing. Exactly. So I, I just... I feel Another like way they're... Know, they just They just have that big gun to Netflix, and they're taking so much of Netflix's content's going to mm-hmm. be gone. And that's what a lot of people want Netflix for, is that catch-up. Yeah. I mean, their originals are still really awesome, but... Yeah. That's going to run short. And everybody's yeah. pulling their content. I mean, Warner Media just announced yeah. a, a week ago or so that they're going to yank Friends. Well, I mean, and like, I mean, everybody talk about Friends it? alone. Oh, okay, the yeah. revenue that Netflix generates from Friends alone is going to be like, oh shit. But, uh, but are they really? Are they take? Are they just uh, just giving the finger to Disney by uh, having Guillermo Guillermo del Toro do a 
a, a, a stop motion Pinocchio. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think, think it's gonna it's, be awesome. I, I think it's definitely it. a, a slap at Disney. But well, I mean, what, everybody. And there's forgets. something like about the production that's doing it, or the produ- production house that's doing it too. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, the production um, house that's doing it is former Disney also yeah, worked boom. on former Disney stuff. But my, my thing is, though, is a lot of people. While that is kind of a you know, hey, slap. I guess kind of a, a thing. I mean, Pinocchio existed long before well, Disney's I know, Pinocchio. But it was more popularized by Disney. Right. But I, I just think that this is going to be set in the 1930s and it's going to be set in, 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 I think I read France or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be a completely yeah. different take from Disney's yeah. Pinocchio. Well, but as but you said, take Pinocchio and Crimson Hulu Peak anyway, and put them right. together and this is what we're going to get. Yeah. But I, I still think that's pretty huge because, I mean, it's like a. If you think about it, it's like one of those movies you think about growing up, like a Lion King oh, or yeah. like a Tarzan. Yeah. So Netflix doing its own Pinocchio, that's pretty huge, it's, I feel like. It's pretty huge. Yeah. And I, huge. I mean huge. we have talked about it huge. like since we basically launched huge. this show a year ago. Yeah. We called it a year ago. The battle for Hollywood is gonna come down to Netflix and Disney. Yeah. I mean, they 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 every week they are continuously trading blows in the middle they of the are. ring. When one does something, the other one says, "Oh yeah, well here I'm going to do this." And the following week, it's, "Well, I'm going to yeah. do this." And so I think it's going to continue to go like that. Yeah. Everybody else is basically just around the ring trying to get scraps. Yeah. And, well, and I mean, we'll, I mean, we'll see. for anyone who follows the trades, they see once Disney something does something i mean netflix does something once netflix does something disney's going to do something like right. it's always back and forth right so and i think the silent the silent one that everybody needs to keep an eye on i keep saying this and i'm gonna keep saying the monster is apple. in the dark yeah. apple yeah they're yeah. they're just quietly just loading up every yeah. week they're making another announcement yeah. of something and nobody's kind of just like it's I mean, very they quiet have, it's like, very subtle billion, you know, a trillion yeah. dollars to work <laughs> that's with. what i'm like, saying what and they sustaining that they like, don't <laughs> Yeah, I mean, just wait. They but, don't but, have to market shit to raise money because exactly. they have all the money. So just wait until all of their shit is ready and they exactly. start funneling that money into marketing. Mm-hmm. That's when Disney and Netflix are going <laughs> to have to go, wait a minute. Apple's wait a minute. just sitting over there going, go ahead, go, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. It's fine. But really, well, is, go is Apple going to go against Disney as that much or going to make more deals with I, Disney? No, I, I think know. Disney's going to start coming out with their own phones. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I think Disney phone. will benefit from Apple because they are friendly. Yeah. And and Iger sits on Apple's board. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be a relationship yeah. to where that they're going to share each other's content, yeah. I think. And that could potentially be a really big problem for Netflix. Yeah. And the only other one with enough money to compete is Amazon. Yeah. But uh, the head of Amazon Studios, um, she just announced that she she came forward and said they are rethinking their film strategy while focusing hardcore on international television. Yeah. So their focus is clearly TV right now. Right. Which, again, this will be a great subject to talk about next week with our guest because uh, Billy Ray from The Last Tycoon, because... That was a brilliant show, but it got canceled from Amazon, even though it had huge ratings and was due because of cost. Yeah. Now they're wait a minute, we're gonna focus everything on TV. Yeah. Oh, oops. Mm-hmm. But um, so they're the only other ones with a shit ton of money that could actually compete, mm-hmm. and they're not worried about film. Exactly. So 
We'll see. Yeah, I but mean, I'm pretty excited about Apple, though. I mean, we just saw today uh, Steve Carell got signed to yeah. that deal with yeah. Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. So, yeah. really excited about whatever the show that's going to be. I yeah, just hate reading articles that say this is the end of the gold. We're getting to the end of the golden age of streaming. Yeah. Because with Apple or such, you might be paying per streaming product like rental more than you're going to be paying one monthly subscription fee. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know though. I mean, they, they're they're pretty successful with uh, Apple Music. So I mean, yeah. I feel like uh, that's a monthly subscription. So yeah. I feel like true. they'll they'll give an offer. I don't think we're going to see the end of. I think you'll still see you can buy this movie or this TV show individual episodes and or the whole season. But yeah. I don't. I, I also think they're going to do a subscription where you can just monthly watch whatever you want. I yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, yeah that's where I I don't know. I, I would hope they would do more subscription based, and that'd yeah. be great. But will they? Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Like the year package. Well, I mean, there's still Hulu's still up there, and they're uh, exactly they just added stars. To yeah, their, uh, exactly. To just the... another freaking Disney. Oh, trying now you to can be upgrade and finally see uh, uh, American Gods. Yeah, yeah. there you oh, go. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Go pick up Neil Gaiman's. New so, I mean, I think this. that I think it was available uh, for the Hulu Live or whatever. But now I think they made it available for like everyone who just has like the basic basic right. package right. for yep. Hulu. So. That's me, awesome. Yeah, that's I could, freaking. I can watch Stars for a whole lifetime. <laughs> a whole lifetime. He's going to put Ash vs. Uh, Evil Dead on over sure, and over. Sure. <laughs> Speaking of lifetime, <laughs> <laughs> they're. Creating Speaking a of peeing on people. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're creating a docuseries about our, called Surviving R. Kelly. <laughs> that's, As, not, that's not negative that's, or anything. No, no, not at all. A six-hour docuseries will be three installments of all of his accusers coming forward and uh, saying what they need to say. So I'm, I'm pretty interested about this uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Like, See what the interviews and what I the think a lot of those survivors say. will say their time with R. Kelly felt like a lifetime. One person's going to step forward and say, uh, "It really burns when it gets in your eyes." Oh my, oh god. my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on! <laughs> Who's not making pee hey, jokes pee about joke. R. Kelly? Yeah, exactly. You know. Exactly. <laughs> Freaking! What's that? I one? think it's just like there's so many P jokes. There it's just is. Like, well, what's that one song that uh, oh, Macklemore freaking yeah. did? Yeah, smell like R. Kelly sheets. Right. Piss. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shit's funny, but yeah, I'm interested to see what they have to say but, because, I, like, I feel like some media is giving it some light, but a lot of media is kind of shining away from that situation. So. I'm really interested to see if that whole situation will blow up even more after this. Well, because, I mean, I think some people are kind of like, you know, iffy about it or giving it If they want to believe it or not. Because yeah. Lifetime's also famous for their Lifetime movies where yeah. they do real life stories yeah. based on Saved by the Bell. or mm. what, And they're like cheesy, like yeah. the true story behind. I mean, I haven't but, looked at Lifetime in forever, but I mean, it used to just be about battered wives. and <laughs> Right. Yeah. But I mean, and... let, let's be honest, the, the untold true story things that they do have been just like god awful. Yeah. And so, but this is not that. It's a actual like documentary right. series. So I feel like they're not going to cast some guy as R Kelly and do some yeah. shit, you know. Exactly. I think this is going to be a, a you know, give it a chance. I'm yeah. definitely interested to but see. But yeah, it. little Cam had no faith in it either cuz she was talking shit about Lifetime. 
earlier today. Oh, you're you talking do. shit about Lifetime? Why are you talking shit about Lifetime? You always talk shit about Lifetime, man. It's because they, they took Gilmore Girls here. off. No, <laughs> it's because they took Gilmore Girls off the roster. Oh, that's no. true. No. I didn't even know Gilmore Girls was on Lifetime. It was. So. Yeah. And they oh, took my it mom. off. It used to be the afternoon block. It was the same freaking movie on every week. Yeah. Basically. How like TNT or USA was always um, Law and Order? Law and Order. They were yeah. Gilmore dun, 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 See, I didn't even know that. Dun, yeah. Now I like them even less. Because they took it off. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, CBS, Richard Parsons steps down as the chairman. Uh, he was the interim chairman mm-hmm. for yeah. a while there, but he steps down because of health reasons. Yeah. But. I mean, I bet it's also due to a lot of stress that CBS has going on in that building right now. And that'll cause health problems. Yeah, exactly. I'm real curious how this is going to play out, though, because I think one of the main reasons that everybody kind of agreed to the sign-off with Les Moonves and and the reorchestrating of the New Deal, if you will, about how we're going to back off of the merger for a little bit and we're going to do this and that, is all because Richard Parsons was going to step up into the role and eventually when the merger yeah. happened, be the guy. Yeah. And now he's not. And so I'm wondering if a lot of the shareholders who signed off on the deal because of Richard Parsons are now going to be like, oh, shit. Yeah. So Because now it's going to be Redstone's call. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I mean, and so now... Top. And he was sort of like an outside guy. I mean, you know, former Time Warner guy. Yeah. You know, and... um, But so kind of like not CBS, not Viacom, but skilled enough to do whatever it was that it was going to need to do through the mer- now i feel like she's just going to pick a viacom person throw it in the role and merge that guy and yeah. it's going to be shareholders are going to be like oops so it seems like so, man so the shareholders are saying this is the end of the uh, parsons project uh, <laughs> let's hope not let's see it gets through the health problems <laughs> yeah, exactly. i mean i groaned on that one a little bit <laughs> yeah, I, know. I, ooh, even ace. I don't think the kids over here got it though all, even all, ace. Kid, all no, kidding aside though all kidding aside richard parsons, parsons was project. Uh, he's a he's a brilliant guy I and a Scott. great ceo and it's a loss yeah i mean yeah. you need somebody skilled especially during a merger yeah and so i, I mean yeah, that's someone that's, to lead the ship yeah that's a loss and yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out yeah talking about some more sad news uh actress selma blair yeah, Selma Blair. Selma yeah, Blair. revealed that she had MS this week uh, on an Instagram post last Saturday. Uh, it's pretty sad. I know a lot of people have to go through that. Uh, she is known for being in the Hellboy films and Cruel Intentions, but she's an amazing actress, amazing actor. I hope she gets through this and keeps fighting and keeps the positive message for other people fighting because... I know a lot of celebrities do that once they come out. They become a huge activist for it. I mean, we've seen Hugh Jackman, huge activist for uh, skin, skin cancer. Skin cancer, yeah. yeah. Skin yeah. cancer so. awareness. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's... And well, I mean, like, when you're suffering from it, you want them to try finding a cure as, right. as much as any other person. Exactly. And then you can actually then become on that level of every other person that has MS. Well, and you yeah. have, have an understanding. Exactly. You have yeah. the platform that other people don't have because of your celebrity. So, I mean, it's a good thing. So. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, um, exactly. Some more uh, interesting news, iffy news. Uh, this one's pretty in- interesting, as I should say, or as I already said. Uh, Michael Bublé. Would you say it's interesting? It's very, very interesting. <laughs> I believe Logan said it was interesting. It's interesting. His publicist came out. The Michael Bublé's publicist came out and said, people are misquoting him. He's not going to retire. During that interview, his emotions were really bad because his son just went through some treatment and it wasn't going through through really well and his publicist came out and said he's not retiring but what if this is just 
the publicist being like, whoa, hold on, Michael. Hold on. Don't retire. We still need you. We well, still need those yeah. Christmas albums. I, I feel well, like maybe if, he's just going to be backing off a lot more yeah. and not doing touring, and, and he's still going to be putting out music and doing this, yeah. but wanting to focus more more time at home, not on tour. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I hate to be skeptical, but, I mean, I think there's a lot of people – when you're when you're an entertainer that ride your money train, yeah. And when you say you're walking away, all those people to them that means the money's going away. Yeah. What? No, and, you can't stop. And right. I just this isn't the first time that he's brought this up. Yeah. And his son has been going through a lot of medical issues for a while. Yeah. And I just feel like I, Michael Bublé does really want to just be a dad and yeah. be with his with his kid and and I I just. So I don't know. I'm not buying the whole publicist, you know, wait yeah, a minute, he like doesn't, he didn't mean comments, that yeah. kind of a, was he emotional? Sure he was. Yeah. Do you say things when you're emotional? Sure yeah. you do. But I just, like I said, this isn't the first time that he's hinted at wanting to walk away and yeah. spend time with his family. So I, I kind of feel like he was telling the truth. Yeah. And the but, money train is like, oh shit. Wait, I mean, I mean you we, know. Sh- we shall see. Hopefully he never <laughs> has to do anything he doesn't want to do. So wait, we shall see. Yeah. On this uh, next topic, am I reading this right? LeBron James. LeBron yeah. James is set to produce this. the Friday the Thirteenth reboot. Yeah, <laughs> you are reading yes. that. Right, I, I don't. Man. I don't. I mean, you know, the the last reboot they did was 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 fine for me. I yeah. thought. See, I, I thought it was pretty good. I had this conversation I too. I liked that reboot with yeah. uh, Jared Padalecki from yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and, uh, from Supernatural. And, and Daniel Panabaker. It, it it wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I it actually was, thought I, it, was, it, was, it, it kind of improved on a lot. I of I thought so shit. too. I thought like, okay, this is a good start yeah. to it, reboot it, the ex- franchise. It actually explained some things that didn't make sense in the original, right? And how was he everywhere at once? Right. right. <laughs> they and, explained that, <laughs> and so. And then for whatever reason, it it just dropped. Yeah, you know, because yeah. there were talks of sequels for that. There's one. Still yeah. talks and, and, of, there was still talks of sequels before this. Well, and and yeah. so, but now Platinum it's Dunes, like uh, Michael Bay's people were gonna. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I just uh, well, you said like he's uh, been watching like the horror scene recently, right? Right. Like he's watching uh, the reboot for Halloween, and then and uh, it and, and it yeah. And, like, and so I mean. Uh, he's a smart guy. He he's sees the, the classic guy. horror films are like making a comeback. So he's like, oh, I'm going to try too. I have Gee. enough money. Well, it's because the uh, there's no new ideas yeah. situation. Well, like, and he saw the Lakers. All, all of a sudden, he's got a whole bunch of movies exactly. Stuff going. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, that's well, because also, he's a smart man. He probably is noticing. No, because um, he's in L.A. now. Yeah. No, the I budget. think that was before he went to L.A. That <laughs> that's like, why he went that, to L.A. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he went to L.A. Exactly. Definitely agree with that. Freaking. But the budget for Halloween was only $10 million, so he probably saw that and like, shit, I can give $10 million out of my pocket. Exactly. And just I mean, make he a could film. fund that, and it made, what, almost $80 million 80, the first weekend, yeah. so it's already four times into profit. Exactly. So, I mean, he's probably going, yep, sure got John that. I'm sure Carpenter's a happy guy right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come uh, on. Yeah. That's, well, that's the thing about, though. Bloomhouse has figured that out. Horror movies don't cost a lot to yeah, make, exactly. but if done well, make a shit ton of money. Yeah. So yeah. it's all pure profit. Exactly. I mean, yeah, but the problem is, uh, it's so easy to make like something overly cliched or yeah. something well, that's, that's just terrible with a bunch well. of jumps. Yeah. Kudos to McBride. And he actually, like, I was hoping he wasn't going to make a, a mockery of the, of the, yeah. of the character. Well, but I mean, look, Bloomhouse, he has figured it out. He yeah. has figured out how to do cheap movies and make a shit ton of money and do yeah. them well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, he's really had, like, what, one hiccup, truth or dare? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, that one uh, everybody gets a hiccup. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, so. Yeah. Rightfully yeah. so. Not Rightfully worth so. it. 
<laughs> yeah, it was not movie? worth it. It was not worth it. No. Is that what Spider-Man says? Everybody gets one. Everybody, right. gets, Everybody one. gets one. Uh, but with st- sticking with like the billionaires and rich people, uh, <laughs> Jeff Bezos, Bezos, uh, they the NFL is targeting him to buy the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, yeah, we that... saw recently that the owner passed away. Right. right. So now so... they're looking for him. They're pretty political no in the NFL. Seahawks. You didn't know they're political well, in the NFL? The no, the, I did. Of, I did, uh, but of Microsoft. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, he did. That yeah. yeah, for a while. He, uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't no know idea. he was the and owner the of that either. He owned the Seattle SuperSonics also for a long time. <laughs> um, but I'm I like this idea. Yeah, I, I like this idea. I mean, he has enough money. Uh, for he's it. got he's... enough money, and I mean, <laughs> he's pretty smart. <laughs> like because as I was just saying, freaking. They're pretty pretty political in the owners game with the NFL. Oh yeah. Like I know you said the NFL's gotten mad at Jerry Jones or yeah. so many times or whatever. So Yeah. yeah. Uh it should for, be. well and here's the thing though. <laughs> like if Bezos Dallas comes fans in, should be pissed at Jerry does, Jones. <laughs> do they do they reorchestrate the the um merchandising deals because it could all be done through Amazon. Ooh, like, you know, that's good. through the shipping and like, I mean, the, the whole smart. thing, yeah. NFL.com, NFL official merchandising, like all of that could, could be, be in-house Amazon. And, and, and Amazon does a sweet deal for all the owners. Especially and the like, I mean, yeah, that's why they get mad. Merch number one, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's why they get mad at Jerry Jones, though, because Jerry Jones owns the star, and he does not do all of the merchandising Uh, through the NFL. He does it on his own, and they don't. They don't like that. The marketing for that team preceded Jerry Jones anyway, so he can't. He was basically buying a top a a top line product, right? right. But to be fair, he bought it for like a hundred and something million dollars, and now it's worth nearly six billion dollars. It was already the the most recognizable team and before Jerry Jones. Yeah. yeah yeah my 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 thing though is is that he took let's it from that in, yeah let's not no, get no, out no. the cowboys my, my, my a thing is, and because it's an argument and it's a valid argument by the smaller teams is that he keeps everything separate yeah. and the most of the nfl even with the tv shares and all they they split the profits yeah. they divide the profits in t that's why these smaller market teams get pissed off because they don't get as much money when teams from the bigger markets like la and stuff they get the majority of the money and teams in Buffalo are like scrapping. And so when Jerry Jones says you're not getting shit, they get pissy about it. I mean, so uh, it's an interesting Bezos, I think could solve that problem. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting. It'd be really interesting. But it's also the NFL tried to claim um, rights on (coughs) the saints, Florida Lee. Yeah. Florida Lee is in public domain. It's always, always been public domain. Right. Right. I don't know, even know when like it was originally created, but, they tried to even sue to own that symbol. Yeah. They did. Well, well, I think they, they it was a, a win and a loss. Yeah. They lost in the fact that anything with the Florida Lee kind of thing, but anything with the Florida Lee that was like associated with who dat or right. anything that was yes. like specifically yeah. Saints, yeah. Right. they did win that mm-hmm. and said they that they that had part. to share the revenue yeah. because the Saints are NFL yeah. while the Florida Lee is not. Yeah. So if it was they, a Florida Lee associated with the Saints, mm-hmm. they did owe money for that. Yeah. So As they, a Saints fan, the, the NFL can have who dat. They can, <laughs> they can have that. <laughs> so, all right. Well, are you tired Snapchat. of the who dat over there? Snapchat, Snapchat. helps 400,000 people register to vote. Through the app, that's pretty awesome. Especially since there, I feel like there's going to be a young surge in uh, 
or a surge in young voters, especially for this midterm election. Freaking... I wish Mississippi had like a way to do online registration. We're right. still ha- you, you can do it online, the and form, then you have to print out the form. And you and have to write it, it with a pen, and yeah, then oh you have my, to put oh a stamp don't on, even get the, me started on, this on guy. the envelope. Our our freaking politicians in Mississippi. Speaking of to to which, like registering to vote is some sort of archaic process. Right. You talk about an entitled nation. If you think because you have to print something out, yeah. fill it out by hand, and actually mail it in the mail, that you are somehow <laughs> being disenfranchised, or you're—I mean, come on! Yeah, I yeah. mean, he was acting like it was like the end of the world. That exactly. these people were like cavemen trying to scribble it on yeah. a wall somewhere. I'm like, stupid. dude, man, I get your point, but come on, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it's but crazy. Politics have been huge in the entertainment limelight recently. I mean, Taylor Swift is encouraging people to vote for. Uh, Where's she from? Tennessee. Yeah, for those midterm. So, yep. I mean, it's gonna be. It's gonna be huge and speaking of we want everybody to go vote because your yes. vote does matter um i think a lot of the deadlines have passed so if you uh, hopefully you registered and hopefully you can do it speaking of we've got to file our um uh, absentee ballots because we won't we will be in la yep. uh election day so we have to file our absentee ballots, and we will do that because it's important. Go vote. All right, now it's time for our first guest this week, the one and only J.S. Mayank, the writer and creator of the hottest podcast in the country right now, America 2.0. Yeah, it's going to be great to have oh, him on the man, show. this is going to be awesome. Yeah, These podcast guys. love, podcast BFFs, like, man. Hashtag pod- yeah. podcast love. I can't wait to talk about this 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 podcast and the relevance of 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 right now and what society is and we're coming right up on midterm Which elections. Society and, should be. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's going to be exciting to find out where the idea came from, how it all came together. So many questions for him. Definitely, definitely. And we want to make sure to tell everybody: go vote, go yeah. vote. And you're going to hear us say that a lot today. Yeah. <laughs> go vote. It does count and it does matter. And, you know, go click on America 2.0. <laughs> Give it a listen. Vote there, too. Yeah. Give it a rating. Give it a rating. Tell them you like it because we want a second season and or a TV show for it. So that's what it's all about. All right. I think he's getting ready to call. Hello. Hey, this is JS. Hey, JS. Hey. How you doing, man? I'm well. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We are excited about this one, man. Oh, thank you so much for having me and, you know, honestly, for all the support and excitement that everybody at Crazy Ant Farm has for America 2.0. I mean, it's just beyond uh, belief and we're so happy and excited to have your support. Oh, man, no no problem at all. And 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 ditto, man. You guys have been so supportive with us and, and just giving all the love back to us. So we appreciate it just as much. Thank you for a great show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for a great show. Um, and we're going to talk all about it because, we, like you said, we are all excited about it. I think it's relevant. It's timely. you got the elections coming up, and I just think it was the right time to hit with it. It was a great idea, and we want to know everything about it. So Yeah, definitely. Thank okay. you. Um, so. <laughs> Yo, no, just was going to tell you that that uh, our group, you know, we, we we have so many of us. There's four or five, six of us sometimes. But today you're talking to me, Dustin, uh, Logan, uh-huh. Jason, and Emily is here also. So that's the gang that's with us today. So, yeah. 
terrific. Hello, everyone. What's up? <laughs> Hello. All right. So first thing we want to do is kind of introduce you to the uh, to the listeners and to our audience for anybody that's not familiar with um, who you are and your background a little bit and how you got started into filmmaking and and uh, entertainment industry. Um, so why don't we start there? And kind of, is it something that you had always envisioned doing? A passion that you've had since youth, or did it kind of just come about in a different way? How did you get started? Yeah. So this is interesting, and you know. Um so, hi, I'm J.S. Mayank. I'm the director and co-writer, co-creator of America 2.0. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because you can't tell by my accent or lack thereof, but I'm actually British. Um, I was born in England and sort of grew up all over the world. And, uh, you know, I always knew I wanted to be a storyteller. Mm -hmm. That was very, very obvious. But I come from a family of doctors, my parents, my uncles, aunts, cousins, everybody's a doctor. So, you know, there was sort of just an expectation that I was going to become a doctor as well. And I had other plans. <laughs> so I was very afraid that my parents were just going to be like, uh, you know, no, because they each had their practices and they were all set. And, you know, um, to their credit, they were incredible parents. And when I told them, no, you know, I'm not interested in, in becoming a doctor. And, you know, I, I kind of got into the, the med school part of it and, and then told them this. So they said, okay, well, you did that. You won't be homeless. So I suppose, <laughs> you know, we'll figure it out. And so they gave me their blessings, but they said, that's about all you have because we don't understand how this works. And at that time, I was in India, uh, actually. Oh, wow. So uh, not only did I say I wanted to be a filmmaker, but I said I wanted to make films in Hollywood. And they just thought at that point I'd lost my mind. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know how that was going to happen. I just knew that was going to happen. And the singular moment in my life that I remember is I was 17 and I saw The Matrix. Uh, oh, oh, okay. And it was in India at that point. So I walked out of the movie theater and I told my family, that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, which uh, listeners of my show would know that I got to have a chance of working with Lawrence Fishburne. So that was a dream come true. But essentially, after that, you know, I, I worked for some not for a not for profit organization in India. I got a chance to work on documentaries for the United Nations, for UNESCO, for the World Health Organization. And while doing that, I just sort of fell in love with the visual medium, came to the U.S., uh, got my master's and my MFA in directing. I went to Wake Forest first. That's where David and I, my co-writer, and I met and, you know, I moved to L.A. to to pursue directing and, you know, I went to film school and making movies there. And while I was still in film school, I actually got represented um, and I wrote a script that was on this thing called The Blood List, it was optioned. Um, I also happened to then become a Tribeca fellow, so I was able to go and pitch to Robert De Niro and so on and so forth. So I only thought I wanted to do film. I wanted to be a writer director and just do movies. And then I saw lost. Yes. Um, everything changed for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, you can do that on TV. And it's sort of, things and, and I realized that as a writer you, there's so much more control that you have you know on the storytelling off it also I started writing television things and that's sort of how I 
more broke it. I, I got signed by an agent. After that, I was with ICM. Then now I'm with United Talent Agency, which they're fantastic. I sold the show to Sci-Fi and Universal and have since been developing a lot of other TV things. And so that's sort of my 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 broad, um, you know, sort of uh, background. And oh, uh, also, I'm being mentored by Damon Lindelof, who created Lost. Lost so again, wow. there's wow. a lot. serendipity that has happened over my life where i cannot believe how these things keep happening but it's it's been quite an incredible journey and experience sounds like so so we've established for our listeners that you're an underachiever (laughs) yeah i was was gonna say say, so uh, what else have you done Uh, yeah like wow (laughs) Uh, let me just say congratulations because i mean that we could end the podcast right there that was impressive i mean like that was epic it's all downhill from here okay always want them leaving more right so exactly all right thanks for joining us jay as i was <laughs> um wow congratulations i mean seriously that is that's impressive wait, man wait 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 did you say you're british no i'm kidding wow okay so uh, you are okay so you're british that that's gonna be my first question leading in because anybody who's listened to america 2.0 it, yes. it's it's got a extremely strong grip on the american political system um, and our government and what's going on in our country today. So, so coming from Europe and that being yeah. your background, uh-huh. was, was American politics something that had always interested you or how did you come about? Or, or are you just that brilliant of a writer? You're like, I can write this. I got this. Like, how did that well, come okay. about? A, a lot of this, I mean, I have to share the love around. The idea originally, the set crazy idea was something that David had. Okay. And he was talking to me and he he just said whoa what if you did this and i said that is one of the craziest things i have ever heard in my life and my god that would make a phenomenal show and he said wait what (laughs) and that's sort of how that started cracking uh you know uh, like like most people I feel I wasn't a very political person, but in the last few years, it's difficult not to be one, especially if you're, you know, somebody who um, is is even remotely societally or civics minded. So I started paying a lot of attention, and as as someone who is British, but works here, lives here in the US. I love America, you know, the the, the 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 whole idea of the American dream. That's sort of what what captured my imagination when David and I started speaking about this, that I said, you know, what does the American dream mean anymore? And what is that idea and what does that encapsulate? Because I you know, I would say that as somebody who came here um, from a different country, I'm living the American dream. You know, I, when I came to the U S I didn't know a single person. And now I, you know, got to direct Academy Award nominee, Lawrence Fishburne, you know, like that's, and it's all happened because I worked really hard. I kept my head down. I kept doing, you know, things and, and learning and progressing and being good and kind to other people. And yet we were sort of seeing like, okay, but that's not everybody's experience. So how can we bring things around? And um, so it was a combination of that. And then um, I'm somebody who is very interested in 
worlds and creating worlds. So whenever I pick up a topic, I usually immerse myself fully into it. So this was a combination of David's interest. And once I said, okay, if we're doing this, we're going in full force. And we just absolutely dove in and one of the greatest compliments we keep getting is people ask us oh so how many years have you worked on the hill and both david and i say like uh zero in <laughs> fact i've never even been to dc and people just cannot believe that but you know that's the level of research and interest that we have in the world and obviously since starting to take on uh, America 2.0, I've now become a political junkie, and that's almost all I read in my spare time. <laughs> well, well done, because like I said, I think I think the series, and we're going to talk about exactly what the series is and, and, and the premise of it in and, and, and just a couple minutes, but I think that you've done a great job of capturing uh, the essence of the political system and what does go on on the Hill and, and the interaction back and forth between the parties and what's going on and how society is viewing politics right now. I think it does yep. a, a great job at highlighting that. So uh, congratulations. I mean, the, the, if the, the motivation was there to do that, you've done just that. So um, let's talk about a little bit for our listeners who haven't heard the the podcast yet. And I, I don't think there's any out there. But if there is some <laughs> people still out there who haven't heard it. This it's is one of nine people that yeah. haven't heard it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, right. Nine people. that's right. Um, it's Now it's eight. Somebody just clicked it. Um, so it's a six-part scripted podcast. Uh, it's television uh, for your ears is, is basically how, how you guys are billing it. And I think that's the perfect way to market it. Um, but it follows a first-term congressman who, uh, like so many people in America now, is kind of disillusioned with the way that things are, and he thinks that maybe there's a better approach or a better way, and he gets this crazy idea to give every American citizen a million dollars. And he's going to use this platform to run for president and try to make this happen. So that's like the basic setup of what the podcast is. Um, and just the idea alone of that, you know, giving every citizen in America a million dollars, that made me tune in immediately. I'm like, okay, this sounds crazy. I got to listen. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, that was the hook. You know, we, we wanted to have something crazy that will get everybody to tune in. And with that, you know, sort of fantastical or or you know massive hook we hope it brings draws enough people in to then listen to what we're talking about and you know both david and i we love the west wing you know to us one of the greatest shows ever made and we wanted to go back to sort of having a civil discourse to to really talk about politics in a way without everybody rolling their eyes or just going uh, this is awful. You know, politics is supposed to be aspirational. And that's something David and I talked about constantly. You know, it, it used to be that politics was like, you know, that the best and the brightest need to go there to lead. And now it's, you know, become no. like a scraping the <laughs> bottom of the barrel. And that's not what it should be. It, it should really be idealistic and hopeful. So we wanted to do storytelling that's not naive, but is still uh, you know, looking forward to how things could be, not how things are. Right. And I think uh, I, one of the things I, I think you be. guys do really well also is 
you you do come at it from both sides. So wherever yeah. somebody falls politically, I feel like you guys have represented them fairly. One of the best lines in there is is when Seth is talking and 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 um Kate Walsh's character says you you're trying to paint me with a red brush and just because yeah. I'm conservative doesn't mean I'm this or I'm this. And I I feel like you guys did a really great job at balancing so that you can listen to it and be objective and fair and kind of see both sides of of the issue, which I think is important when you're going to do a story like this. You, you, You have to find that middle ground and get the moderates. And I think you guys do a really good job of doing that. Thank you. That was that was something that we were very cognizant about, and at every step of the way, we, you know, obviously, when you're writing a character, the character can have a point of view, but as the writers, we wanted to keep it fairly balanced and always have that back and forth, and Vivian Lewis, you know, Kate's character is, is my personal favorite character to write, because we, all, we didn't want to write caricatures you know that that's just it's easy and it doesn't do anybody any favors so we we really wanted to make sure i mean there's a clear you know bent to to the to the show because it's it's one side that set is a democratic candidate but this isn't a show about democrats that's not what we have in mind at all (laughs) right and uh, exactly well and one thing too i think that you guys did brilliantly is the campaign the the marketing campaign that you guys did the little viral campaign i'll be honest that's what got me i saw i kept seeing this vote for seth vote for seth and i'm like because i am a political junkie and a news junkie and i'm like did i miss something who the hell is seth right who is this seth guy like who is running for political office right now he like looked everywhere yeah i literally went on a google tear to try to find who is this seth guy i'm supposed to be voting for you know how can i get that mug (laughs) well that came later how can i get the mug came later but yeah so i mean it was brilliant it definitely piqued the interest and i i I know i'm not the only one who went on a hunt to try to figure out who seth was um so well done there and then i just liked how each kind of a phase you brought in a different hashtag and a different approach to the marketing and the viral campaign and i thought that was absolutely brilliant because you i think you were able to capture the attention of people quickly um yeah and kudos to you guys for the participation. I mean, all of your cast members posting the pictures with the mug and doing the videos, and that, I mean, that's absolutely fantastic. That you, the, the participation and that the push to get it out there was just huge. Yeah, I mean, I I have to say I love my cast so much, and oh, I know phenomenal. everybody says this, but they have all been above and beyond. I mean, I can't even imagine how many things a lot of my incredible actors have on their docket, but anytime I would reach out to them, they, you know, the answer was yes. And, you know, I'm unbelievably fortunate to have their support and so happy that they believe in the project so much because, you know, they're, they're kind of doing some big things. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, for them to take the time to do this, uh, it just means the world to me. And I cannot say enough great things about my cast, all of them. But, you know, especially the top eight, eight and ten, eight or ten uh, of my leads who sort of bore the brunt of it all. Uh, they're just fantastic, both actors and people. Agreed. I, I think, and and the respect is mutual. You can see it. Their admiration for you and their respect for you. So I, I'm positive. I could say safely that you know they they feel the same about you. Um, Thanks. Especially when when Kate threw the drink in my face. Oh, that's that great. Was, yeah, that's that's a, a, that that video is hilarious. Myself. 
anybody is curious about the moment, they can go find it on social media on Kate Walsh's Instagram or Twitter, her throwing a drink in my face. And oh, it yeah. is not what we think it is. <laughs> it was great. It was great. It was fantastic. And um, so, yeah, following up on that, <clears throat> let's talk about social media. You guys are, are doing a fantastic job with social media. Yes, yeah, um, So let's talk about that a little bit because, because uh, you know, as a filmmaker and being in the entertainment industry and kind of coming on the path that you came and everything, what are your thoughts on on this the the direction that everything seems to be going with the streaming and the digital platforms and the how the relevance and importance of social media nowadays compared to even just ten years ago? Um, do you find it to be a tool to that's beneficial? Do you find that trying to keep the pace with social media? is sometimes hard to do or what are your thoughts on the whole that type of uh, a yeah. i guess swing in the industry yeah i mean i think like like with anything you know it's it's a tool and i think a tool when used well and in moderation is fantastic it's when the sort of uh end use of it starts to override the actual work itself, I think, is is where, you know, it can be a little bit like a snake sort of swallowing its own tail, where if the social media is dictating what the product will be, I think that's where some of it becomes problematic. But personally, uh, you know, I wasn't a huge social media person just because, you know, I'm a writer, I'm a fairly private person. But once I started doing some of these projects, I realized that, no, you know, me talking about some of these things, they're an extension of the the storytelling and everything we're doing with America 2.0 or uh, a couple of, you know, my short films or, or things that I'm developing. It, it gives people, uh, you know, a, a little bit of a, a peek behind the curtain, so to speak, and it gets people even more involved. And especially, I must say, the social media on America 2.0 has been so instrumental in get, getting us out there and for people across the world. I mean, I've gotten messages from people from, you know, Buenos Aires and, and Australia and Guam and, uh, you know, France. We had a jam named after us, which is just spectacular and mind boggling. Yeah, I mean, yeah. heard of, you know, fan fiction and fan art, but not fan food. I mean, right. that's, that's <laughs> spectacular, that, you know, so shout out to all our incredible fans for doing these amazing things. But all that has happened and those interactions have happened because of social media. So uh, I'm a, I'm a big uh, proponent for it when used well and being used for, you know, getting an art, uh, art form out and talking with, you know, fellow creatives, fellow admirers. And yeah, I I'm all for it. Yeah. We, we, I think you said that perfectly. We're in complete agreement with that. Um, I mean, because the show America 2.0 did have a very, while centered on American politics, did have an international appeal and a broad appeal. And I think social media is the perfect platform to spread that easily. Whereas 10 years ago, you, maybe you don't reach the foreign market as easily as you have now. So, um, yeah, yeah it, it's absolutely. And we do the same thing. We find that it works for us as well. Just the recognition alone of projects that we're working on or finding projects such as yourself. I mean, it's been a, a value tool for us as well so we we couldn't agree more fantastic i i think you guys are just spectacular on social media you know we've, we've been taking notes and, and tips on what to do more <laughs> well yeah and vice versa i mean like i said i thought your viral campaign was brilliant so you know we were playing off that as well isn't that what it's about though like sharing and kind of exactly helping, right? learning from each other yeah, exactly 
community. So, okay, let's talk a little bit more about it, and then we want to talk about some of your other projects as well. Um, definitely someday. I know you guys are doing really well with someday, and uh, we'll get into that. But the America 2.0, you kind of kind of hinted it was a process, right? What what was the time frame and bringing this all together, and kind of the you know the process and the and the scope of bringing such a project together? Um. So you know, uh, I think. The broad timeline is, uh, you know, uh, the 2016 election happened and David and I started having some conversations. I was traveling internationally and that's when I sort of asked him that question, like, you know, what does it mean to be American anymore and what is that thing? And, you know, he sort of threw out that crazy idea on how, you know, what you would do to, f- to fix the country. And I said, I don't know if that will work in real life, but my God, that would make a great show or a conceit for that. So, you know, we th- started throwing ideas back and forth. And I think by April of 2017 is when uh, he and I wrote up a, we actually wrote a TV pilot. And it was, uh, you know, just something on the side. I have a lot of other projects that I'm developing. So this was just something I was doing on the side, like for fun, because I a lot of the things that I write are fairly dark. And since the time was pretty dark, I said I need some levity and, and, you know, something uh, sort of slightly uplifting to balance things out. So we wrote this, and then that's where Jeremy uh, Gordon, our casting director and co-producer, he was my casting director for a lot of other movies that I've done. And he read the pilot and just absolutely fell in love with it. And he said, we have to do a table reading of this. So I said, great, uh, all right, let's do it. And he started sending me names, and I said, wait, do you mean this type of actor, or do you mean this <laughs> because I said, you know, this is just, you know, just me sitting on my couch writing something. This isn't like a real project or anything. He's like, no, you know, if people don't respond to it, they won't show up. I said, okay, fair enough. And that's how I met Shanola. That's how I met Spencer. That's how I met a couple of other really amazing people. In fact, a little known fact, I don't think I'll get in trouble for this, but originally set um uh, the actor we got was nicholas gonzalez who is one of the the leads on the good doctor on abc he had literally just wrapped the pilot and he was in town and uh nicholas was fantastic and you know he he did the table read for us he played set uh, for the table read and he was just terrific but at the end of that table read uh you know when i listened to it said, well, I can't go shoot a pilot because, you know, that's expensive and it's DC, but I think this would be an incredible audio series. Like, I, I, I grew up on the, the radio, BBC, you know, radio dramas, Sure. so I've always been a fan of that medium, and hearing it read out loud and how a lot of people came up to us, and again, I would never compare us to that because... He's in a whole other league of his own, but a lot of people came up to me and they were like, hey, I was on Newsroom. Hey, I was on West Wing. Hey, I was on blah, blah, blah. This seems very Sorkin-esque. And I was like, oh my God, like, please continue this line of conversation. (laughs) Uh, But it just gave us the idea. And when um, I, I, I called David and I told him what I thought, so we took our pilot, broke it up into six short episodes and sort of made it character focused specific so that each episode is, you know, anchored like it's set with Olivia is episode one, set with 
Anna is episode two, Seth with Vivian is episode, you know, so on and so forth, so that we can easily follow people along. Right. And uh, then we just went off to the races, and Spencer came on board because I remember in the meet in the table read, the second he started speaking as Porter Purvis, I called David and I said, "I just met Porter Purvis," <laughs> and he, he just was that character and i remember just just him being so perfect so he came on board the team and uh you know within a few months we had this thing cast and i gotta say every person we went to said yes you know that we we didn't get a single no the only no's were were people where you would approach somebody and they're just out of the country for the next six months so they didn't even get a chance to look at the material but Every person the script went to said yes. And that's just, you know, almost an unheard of thing. And, I, you know, I've been working in Hollywood for, for now seven or eight years. Uh, yeah, this just does not happen. So we knew we had something special. And then um, by December, we had recorded everything. And, you know, beginning of the year is, is when we started putting it all together by February, March, we had the whole thing cut and edited, and uh, that's when Global Company came on board. They loved it, and their only note to me was this one thing. They said, we love it. Uh, You have final cut. We don't want to change a single frame. However, we think um, this should come out closer to the midterm elections mm. yeah that was pretty genius. was the smartest decision because i was ready to go out with it in april or sure. may and they said nope we should wait three months and it was the best decision we ever made so kudos to to global for have global and dax to have that foresight and and thinking it through <laughs> so that's sort of the, the timeline of how all of this came together. Awesome. And and listen, I, I mean, a credit to you and David for the writing, and I think the Sorkin comparison is is a good one. Huge, um, I, I, th- I thought the same thing. In fact, you know, when we were talking about, you know, getting interested in the podcast and, and reaching out to you guys and doing the stuff, I mean, that that was my elevator pitch, the newsroom meets the West Wing. I mean, that it, it truly wow. does have that feel to it. Um, so I think those comparisons are fair, and I think that's a, a, a kudos to to why you were able to land the cast that you landed because like you said they knew that there was something there um and that that's all to you and david's writing and the way that the, the characters are developed and the story comes together so congrats on that and and well deserved thank you and if david when you're listening to this you can you can stop grinning because i know that just made you so happy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i listen we're big fans of, i love dialogue and i love character development and i think you guys do a great job of doing that throughout and i'm a huge patrick j adams fan i'm not gonna lie i thought that was brilliant casting as seth um i've been a fan of his for a while and i just think he he's got that that I don't know that the, the likability. He he's just a guy that you want to listen to. So you know, yeah. especially with an audio series, you want that person that can convey what they're trying to say while talking. And and I think it, he's perfect for what he's trying to do with this message. He is phenomenal. Such a gifted artist and just so on point. And you know that was the thing is he had just come come off of suits, right? And um. You know, when we had a conversation about it and, you know, he just said, you know, look, give me a couple of weeks. I I, I need to, uh, you know, I I need to become this person. And when he showed up, I mean, he was Seth Maguire. Uh, Even between takes, all we did was talk politics, (laughs) you know, so that 
the fun part of it that you know I, I I would be the director talking about you know what we're doing what we just did or what the tweaks and and then the second I would turn around it, it would be him and David talking about politics and I'm like okay this is great we're keeping him in Seth McGuire land all at all times he couldn't have been more gracious and and amazing and yeah I'm I too am a huge Patrick J. Adams fan. <laughs> uh, well, and I think, you know, I, for, I'm sure the suits, the followers, the suitors, as they call them, came in droves to listen to America 2.0. And, and for people who were unfamiliar with Patrick J. Adams, I'm sure now ha- a, a whole new fan base has come from America 2.0. So, um, Got it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's just phenomenal cast from, from top to bottom. Um, and we're going to talk, obviously, with Jeremy about that. Well, we're going to have him on, and we're going to talk about... But just well done. I mean, the cast is brilliant, so I, I could not be more happy for y'all that you were able to pull such an eclectic and, and just brilliant group of people together. Thank you. Yeah, and and especially, you know, that some of that started even at the, the writing phase where, you know, um, I think Riz Ahmed talks about uh, representation versus diversity, because when you just say diversity, a lot of it feels like you're talking about the other. But when you look around, I mean, when we started writing this, uh, you know, I I said to David, like, I want to make concerted effort for it to look like the America of today. Like, it needs to look like America 2018. And so... That part was uh, really important to us, and I was—I am so glad to have such an incredible, you know, um, just amazing spread of of, of my cast members um, in what we're able to do. So hopefully that comes across too—that there's multiple points of view and uh, you know, uh, representative of a lot of different people. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what's the end game with America? I know what I want. So, <laughs> let's let's talk about uh, the end game a little bit. Uh, are we gonna get a second season of it uh, as a podcast or as a, a radio serial? Are we hoping to get a TV series? Because I'm hoping for a TV series. So, um, what what's your end game, and and what are the future plans for America 2.0 that people can count for? So, I can't talk too much about that but all i will say is that we're exploring a lot of different uh possibilities and we have a lot of interest for uh you know a variety of of different things you know be it another season be it a possible continuation in in another form as a serialized tv show or some kind of series so you know we're just trying to keep it open at the moment we just really want to reach as many people as possible with the first season, build that fan base, show people how much enthusiasm and appetite there is for smart, positive, and hopeful po- po- political shows. Because, you know, we had House Arts, we had Scandal, but I feel like right now, which were tremendous shows, but I feel that I think we need a little bit of a different kind of political show now, especially in the times we are. So we feel we're we're right there in the conversation and you know hopefully uh, there's i mean i will say this there's a lot more of the story and and ideas and ideals of seth mcguire's that we want to get out so however that happens hopefully there's enough interest to continue it well uh, further. 
Good. I'm glad to hear that. And listen, we're going to just continue to do our part. We're going to continue to push it. We're going to continue to share it everywhere. We're going to continue to tell people to go listen to it because we're behind it. I think you're right. I think you've got something there. I think it's the right type of a political drama that, that would fit for today and people need to hear. And um, ending on that, I, w- I want to say congratulations to you guys because – you know, there's a lot of people out there that when they get a platform, they don't use it responsibly or they don't understand what they potentially have. And I think when people do it properly, I mean, you guys are in an industry and have a platform to where you can you can get engagement and get people involved and informed and to do it in such a manner with this podcast or I think it's a brilliant thing to do because I think that's a lot of the problem in today's society is that we don't have enough people engaged or enough people informed especially the younger people this gets people to have a conversation with each other that should be had exactly and this is this show is a great way to start that conversation so congratulations on that and thank you for using the platform to get the message out there because I think it is all about starting a conversation and i think america 2.0 starts a conversation in a great way fantastic thank you so much for for saying that and yeah that's exactly what we're hoping to do so i'm glad to hear that it's accomplishing stuff of that at least oh it is definitely definitely accomplishing that so let's talk a little bit about other stuff that you're working on i like i said uh someday you guys are running the festival circuit with someday right now correct yeah you know we just got into our 19th film festival which is spectacular you know um i've just been so busy on america 2.0 uh that i you know we just had our la premiere at the downtown la film festival this past weekend and you know i was with my producer and lead actress Catherine castro who was also in some uh, in america 2.0 in the first episode she plays rita torres and she's a phenomenal phenomenal actress and i was talking to her i was like what are we up to like six or seven festivals and she said no we're up to 19 and i could not wow. believe um the love for this short film so for for those who don't know someday is just it's a short film that i wrote and directed it's about two people um two strangers who meet on a flight from sydney to los angeles so it's a non-stop 14-hour flight and sort of just a conversation uh, about what happens between two people when you have an instant connection how you can sometimes talk with them in a way that's a lot deeper than than you would somebody you know for sure because you don't know if you'll ever see them again so it's a lot about about the sparks flying about that connection knowing that they might never see each other again and what happens so it's very much in the tone of like a lost in translation or a before sunset or sunrise and those kinds of kinds of movies yeah and the trailer is available for everybody to see i thought the trailer it was beautifully shot uh cinematically it it looks fantastic um and yeah i I think it's a great story um i i I agree with you i love the idea of two people being able to connect in, in this in this way that you know you're unable to do maybe with somebody you're around all the time i love that i think it's a great idea um so you're running the festival circuit. Uh, are people going to be able, when do you think people can be able to see this film and, and kind of get it out there for, for the viewing audience to see? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping uh, that, you know, probably early next year because we're still on the festival circuit. So right. we want to that out by the end of the year and hopefully early next year will probably be available. So if people just, you know, keep uh, on my social media, you know, I, I keep, everybody informed about that that would be great also you know they can follow me on on my vimeo channel it's just js myunk and they can check out my other movies as well um 
In fact, one of them was called Emit that played at about 50 festivals around the world. And that was a sci-fi short film that I did, uh, How I Met Jack Coleman. He was the lead in that one. And that's how I met Jeremy Gordon as well. So a lot of my team sort of started. Uh, Antonio Lepore, my composer, scored that one as well. He scored someday too. Um, so, you know, a lot of the people involved in America 2.0, the origins were uh, a bit in emit. And that's a 10-minute short film that's available online right now for free. Awesome. And it's about a world where time flows backwards. So it's like a 10-minute Twilight Zone episode. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, and that's yeah. on your uh, Vimeo channel? Correct. All right, awesome. And we're going to continue to direct everybody to all of your social media. I mean, we're trying to get as many people to follow you guys as possible, so we're going to continue to keep doing that. Podcast um, BFFs. That's right, Podcast BFFs. Follow this um, man. That's go. right. Um, well, and you know, another thing that I really like, that j- just coming out of that conversation right there is, I love the fact that it's great when you develop a team, isn't it? And you can just go yes. from project to project with people that you know and trust um, and, and just and have the results that you guys are having. Because, I mean, you guys have had a lot of success together. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's incredible. I think it's it's all about the, the, the team. And, you know, the further you get in, you know, you keep adding people to the team. So, you know, David and I have, have been best friends for god 12 years now and then you know along the way i added antonio as my composer i had jeremy as my casting director now anything i write i'm thinking how do i get spencer garrett in this because anything is going to sound infinitely better (laughs) with him saying it you know it's like with him as a as a as a absolutely as an actor but also as a producer he's just a tour de force and you know just like is spectacular at moving mountains, you know, with, with what he can do. So yeah, I, I completely agree. I think when you work with somebody and you have a good equation with them, you understand and you all have the same sort of storytelling sensibilities, it, it really helps to to go that way. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be, I feel like I am lucky enough to have all these incredibly talented people around me. And for some reason, they keep wanting to listen to what I have to say. So <laughs> I will keep that going as long as I can. Absolutely. Well, li- listen, I think a lot of it has to do with your humility. You seem very humble and appreciative of what you have and what you've been able to accomplish. And I think because of that, that's why people want to work with you and keep listening and, and doing what they're doing with you. And I think you guys are just getting started, man. I, I think you guys have a long, huge future in Hollywood. Um, and I, I'm wishing for the very best for America 2.0 and, and the other projects you have uh, going on. And uh, just sincerely, I think you guys are fantastic. You guys are great people. Uh, aside from the amazing talent that you guys have and the projects that you're doing and, and all of the stuff that you've done for us as well, I just think you guys are great people. You're ve- you, And uh, we appreciate that more than anything else man oh my god i i so appreciate that and and likewise you know anything anything we can do to help and support and you know we want to keep continuing to come on the podcast and talk not just about this but future projects and anything we can do you know so to sort of keep the synergy going i think that would be interesting and uh yeah can i take a moment to to, to plug something absolutely oh no awesome absolutely well, not. i mean just because you know america 2.0 <laughs> on, it, it, it's something that's that's connecting with people all over but you know the one thing we we wanted to say was you know for people to actually check out the website if they can it's reinventing tomorrow.com 
Amazon.com, right. and that's where they can get you know those awesome mugs and T-shirts and you know just all kinds of paraphernalia. Should they be interested, we have amazing hats. You know, we have two different kinds of mugs, and, and people are really enjoying those. But I constantly get asked like, where can we get that? And I'm like, okay, I need to do a better job of telling people how they can actually get it. Oh uh, yeah, I, I'm loving. I'm drinking from the mug right now. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got, I went with vote for Seth. I guess I got to get my America 2.0, but I got the vote for Seth mug. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And look, we'll we'll promote the website as well for you, and and, and get that. I mean, it's all about the merchandising, man. Got to get it out there. So absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. Great. So, so I just had a question. I just wanted to know what were some of your favorite. Well, you know, without getting too spoilery, because we don't want to do that. But you know, I'm always curious. Like, what were some of your favorite characters or moments or or something in particular? If you if you wanted to know, without getting too spoilerific. Well, I think my favorite episode overall was probably the ice episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed Agreed. that one. Agreed. The date, right? Yeah. Yeah, the date. Well, uh, <laughs> the ice episode slash the date. My favorite episode as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and 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 the 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 imagery. I mean, it, it's so funny that you say imagery when you're talking about an audio show. But like when he's talking about, I can do this several ways. I can take this and break the ice all apart. Yeah, exactly. Or I, I mean, the, just that the, whole scene. I can see it in exa- my head. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You could yeah. see it. Um, it plays out really well. So, um. Yeah, I okay. I love Spencer's character, obviously. Um, yeah. I mean, when he, when he read the rock, I mean, it's like yeah. got to be one of the most yeah. the most well delivered lines throughout the whole series. Um, yeah. So, and I loved it because I I was joking so much because I made a, a goofy little tweet about how I want to be the press secretary for Seth, and then I found out Spencer be my boss. So I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd work for Spencer. Yeah, careful what you wish for, it, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> right. He, he could, that could be a little scary. Maybe we'll find out. I also really enjoy uh, Autumn Reeser's character on the show. Yeah, Olivia Huff, yeah. chief of staff. Uh, yeah, uh, she's yeah. got to be the White House chief of staff. I'm just saying. She, you know, what would Seth do without her, right? So. Exactly. Yes. Um, but as usual, I think we're going to do something very much in tone with the show where it's uh, expectedly unexpected. <laughs> oh, expectedly yeah. unexpected. That That's a good tease, man. That's a great tease. So. Thank you. I mean, that, that was my whole thing, you know, um, with without saying what it is, but towards the end when we get certain reveals and we understand Josie, a lot of those things are uniquely familiar. They're, they're familiar because we know the dynamic, but they're unique because of the execution of it. And that's something that is very important to me, that I always try to go in for the human connection, that mm-hmm. what will make something very universal and yet... I will make it super specific that it could only happen between these two characters. And I think that's why people really are resonating with a lot of this because I could have kept it generic, but every time we were going that way, I would say, no, how can we root this into a very specific way where we still get the emotional tonality? We still get that connection, but do it unexpectedly. And so Throughout America 2.0, we have a lot of different things and ideas that we have built, but we will always want to do them, you know, in a, in a slightly different way. But, you know, I love Olivia's character. I mean, it's, she's just fantastic. And Autumn just crushed it every yeah. time. We're all huge fans of Autumn. So, yeah. We, we, and I'll tell you, we all raised an eyebrow without giving a spoiler away. We'll just leave it at... 
we want to know Dan and Olivia what what what's going on there. That, that all kind of like wait what? So that could, yeah. <laughs> um, you guys did do a great job though with the subplots, like you said, setting up little underlying stories that that are going on, and you definitely the the character development was just fantastic. Thank you, and and you know especially uh, I'll just I'll give you guys a quick story because you brought up ice. Um, so uh, the, one of the most incredible moments I've ever had, uh, you know, throughout this experience was getting to play the episodes for Mr. Fishburn because you know when he had recorded, he said, you know, I want to hear it before it all airs, and that was a very valid point. Uh, but I didn't have it you know available so i could just send it so i actually went and played it for him and i asked him would you just want to hear your scenes and he said no i you know i want to listen to the show so we just started on episode three because it was my favorite he said play me some something that you love and uh, i started and he just like the episode flew by and at the end of it he just looks at me and he goes you know not to take anything away from from this or you or your directing but you know the chemistry that patrick and kate have i mean that's just incredible and like that's something you cannot fake so you know you just lucked out that you have such terrific actors and that they know each other so well they're so comfortable and i'm smiling the entire time and he just looks at me and he goes why are you smiling and i said i agree with everything you've said except for the fact that patrick and kate have never met each other (laughs) (laughs) wow okay so that is an interesting story because even in the final episode well that last scene between the two of them was like epic what i was gonna say was my um, Absolutely. What I was gonna say was my my favorite thing is pretty much the, that speech that he gives her or they give yeah. each other about about uh, yeah. differences and 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 similarities amongst people is the through line yeah. for the show for me and I think that's that spoke to me more than anything else. That's the one thing that should be the conversations being had. Exactly. By anyone that listens to it, yeah. right? That we have far more alike than we do. That's apart, what I took so. away with. That was one of my favorite exactly. things. That exchange yeah. between those two characters. Yep. Absolutely. But, you know, what, what, you know, really gets me excited is, uh, with the exception of like a couple of actors, almost none of them were in the room together. Right. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, in fact, the Porter introduction scene where there's four people, all four were recorded in four different studios months apart. (laughs) Wow. Well, kudos to the directing. I think, wow, there must have been a great director there to be able to pull that off and uh, get them to... <laughs> well done, sir. Well that. done. Um, Thank you. No, but I mean, uh, hats off to my incredible sound team. Rusty Dunn, who did all the dialogue editing and sound effects, and then uh, Mitch, who mixed it all. And, you know, the incredible music by Antonio. I mean, I know you guys, uh, you know, hopefully plan to speak with him, but please, my God, how amazing is his theme for America uh, 2.0? Yeah, is it, it not incredible? It's incredible. Get you inspired before you hear a word. Yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> Yeah, because I told him, I'm like, look, that's going to be one of the first things you hear once the show gets going. I need everybody to get stoked. So, like, after episode one, every time that theme comes on, I want everybody to go, oh, my God, this is going to be good. Yeah. And I need, you know, so I was like, so no pressure. But the bar's pretty high. And he delivered it spectacular. It is. It is. And we definitely plan on having him on. We we want to have all of y'all on at some point. So, um. Yeah, well, listen, open invite. 
Uh, anytime you want to come back and continue to talk about America 2.0 or any of the projects that you're currently in development on or when something comes out and you want to promote, we would love to All have right. you on. Open invite. You just give us a call and say, hey, I want to come on and you, we'll make it happen. That is fantastic. Thank you so much. And likewise, you know, just please reach out to me if there's anything ever I can or, or, or we can do to help out, uh, facilitate or, or anything else. You know, we think you're, it's amazing what you're, you're doing. I, I, I've n- I'm now listening to, you know, your podcasts and, and all the incredible interviews you do. Love the one with, with Riley. And, you know, shout out to Riley. Thanks so much for all your, your love for our show because, um, uh, you know, it's just been incredible. And, you know, just making a lot more friends and fans through the both America 2.0, but also just through the connections with what you guys are doing is spectacular, and uh, we're very appreciative of it. Well, thank you for the kind words. We appreciate that, and absolutely, we will definitely keep doing what we're doing, and, and you keep doing what you're doing, and we'll just keep building, right? Fantastic. Thank awesome. you so much, guys. No, and listen, like I said, thank you so much for coming and talking to us, and uh, we, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic, man. Great. Well, uh, I cannot wait to to hear what Spencer has to say. I know he's he's going to be on uh, the podcast as well, and uh, I, I I know he's always entertaining and he's amazing. So uh, I'm excited for you guys to go ahead and chat with him. Next. Awesome, awesome. Well, listen, have a great rest of the day, and we will definitely be in touch soon. And by the way, we live tweet during these things, so when it airs Friday, we live tweet, so you can expect oh, a whole lot of interaction when the show's airing. So great, terrific. Your Absolutely. your um hashtags will be everywhere. <laughs> Hashtag podcast. Oh, BFF. that is spectacular. I really appreciate it. Well, I can't. I'm so excited for Friday, and you know, just the future interviews and episodes and all that stuff and uh yeah let's keep the synergy going oh and i also wanted to tell you guys because i know you had on another episode you wanted uh a different language uh translation of your crazy ant farms would you would you like to know what it is in hindi absolutely absolutely okay so it's i don't know if you'll be able to say it (laughs) but let me say it for you it's bagel Titi Kate. Bago Titi Kate? There you go. Bago Titi Kate. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and give it a shot. Okay, I love this, man. We're going to go international thanks to these guys. Yep. Yeah, that is fantastic. We're definitely... Okay, what I'm going to need you to do is shoot that to me in a a message so that I can actually write that out because I would have no clue. Yeah, that's a soundbite right (laughs) there. We'll totally do that. We'll we'll do it on Twitter so everyone can see it too. Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Man, awesome. Listen, have a great rest of the day and we will definitely be in touch soon. And just thanks again so much, man. Thank you, everybody. Have a fantastic day. And again, I thank you so much for having me on. All right, man. Take care. Bye. Bye. Stay crazy. That was so freaking epic, man. Oh, my goodness. Okay, I'll be honest. I had no idea he was a Brit. Yeah. Seriously, no idea. When he opened that up, I was like, what? What? (laughs) Well, I I was actually somewhat exhausted from his resume. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Wow. Wow. Just like straight up. I was like, wait, wait, wait. You're British? Yeah. Yeah, Right? (laughs) Right? I mean, and okay. We've we've already talked to somebody else that, that we're really excited about airing also who also 19. JS 19. Right. Anybody who's out there listening and you think that you can't make this happen or chase your dream or 
chase your passion and you have people telling you get a real job or you're too young or it can't happen yes it can and these amazingly talented wonderful people that keep joining us week in and week out are the example of yes you can so go out there inspire somebody be inspired by somebody chase the dream you're gonna make it happen and vote and vote (laughs) and vote all right, now it's time to have our next guest on, the one and only Spencer Garrett. Man, we basically don't have to introduce this guy because our last guest, JS, freaking did it for us. Yeah. Basically. Took our job. Yeah, seriously. I mean, what has this guy not been in? 21 Jump Street, The Crow, <clears throat> Family Matters. I mean, we're, we're going back, man. There's something he hasn't been in, but that's we're not going to talk about that. Well, <laughs> and, yeah, and apparently JS just dropped some info saying he's a producing powerhouse. Yeah, like, I seriously. mean, yeah, it's going to be fun to talk to this guy. I mean, Superman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, he, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Crazy ants. Yes, Spencer Garrett. How are you, sir? What's, what's going on, guys? Oh, man, you know. Living the dream. <laughs> That's right. Living, living the dream. That's right. Living the, living the Mississippi dream. Living. <laughs> yeah, which is currently um, dreary and rainy yeah. and yeah, and warm and muggy. So. You know what? Dream. It's, it's, it's a beautiful day, and we're all above ground, and it's a good reason to, to celebrate. Absolutely. So, exactly. Whether Absolutely. you're in Mississippi or L.A., it's, uh, it's about 90 degrees here, by the way, so you all are welcome to come on out anytime. Oof, yeah. On the way. <laughs> on the way, that's right. All right, we're going to have to end this now, Spencer. We're on our way. Uh, <laughs> we're actually in the car right now. That's right, that's right. Listen, man, thank how you many, so much. How, how many of you crazy ants am I talking to, by the way? Okay, today it's three of us. It's myself, Logan, and Jason. So, uh, Dustin, Logan, okay. and Jason. Um, yeah, yep, you got like half of the crazy ant gang today, right? Like- Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. So um, thank you so what's much the, for joining what is us. The, uh, what's the origin of the of the crazy ant? I'm, I'm, I've been dying to know what's the uh, what is the uh, uh, what's the origin of the name crazy uh, ant of the what's name. Okay, so yeah, that's interesting. Uh, basically, I have, a cra- I have a crazy ant Doris, but that's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, okay, so basically, I wanted to you know for it's all about imagery nowadays with uh, social media and digital and and getting in it. So I wanted to have an identifiable character uh and i'm kind of an old school guy so i thought it was important to somehow mix old school with digital and what's going on so hence if you look at the logo really careful you've got the old film reel but you've also got the digital lens eyes and those that make up the eyeballs for the crazy ant um i love that logo i uh, love it i'm all about it well that's the brilliant tavia marinovich who isn't here today but she is part of our our normal group and she just she was brilliant i went to her i said this is what i want and boom there it was and it was beautiful which nice yeah super cool super cool logo guys well thanks and so and then crazy ant itself you know the the breed of ant is actually uh, ant that kind of infiltrated the South here and is known to really get in and mess up your electronics and cause all kinds of heyday and craziness with electronic gear. And I'm thinking, perfect, because we want to be crazy. We want to get in there and disrupt things yeah, and be and out of the box. We and destroy electronics. That's right. <laughs> destroy electronics. That's right. <laughs> so that's kind of where the whole crazy ant came from. So We're all about wrecking there's a great. There's a great book. Just apropos of nothing, there's a great book by uh, by a, uh, a a scientist named A. O. Wilson, uh, and if you look it up, and he wrote he wrote the definitive book on ants. On, it's okay. like a, it's almost like a like a it's like a it's almost like a coffee table art book 
uh, and it's everything you ever wanted to know and everything you don't want to know about ants. <laughs> and uh, and look it up. And, and there was a documentary about ants years ago, and I, and I became fascinated with with ants. And so uh, and now I'm actually talking to. That's right. You're, you're talking to crazy ants. Crazy ants. You're talking to crazy ants inside an ant farm. So I mean, yeah. there you go. I mean, beautiful. <laughs> it's funny how the world works. I used to have. Do you remember? Are you guys hip to uh, Uncle Milk? Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think it was Uncle Milty, Uncle Milty's ant farm. Uh, there yes. A, there was a, yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of us here that a, are old a, enough to remember that. So yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, unfortunately, I am. And there was a thing that you could buy in a toy store years yeah. ago, and it was oh. an ant farm, and it was like a glass. It was two sheets of glass, and it was filled with sand. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and you and you bought the ants, and you could actually watch the ants do their thing. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I was on I was on an airplane flying from L.A. to New York, and I met. I met the guy who invented it, and he gave me uh, he gave me an ant farm on the flight, uh, and I and I had it for years, and I was fascinated. So We're talking way too much about ant ants, farm. by the yeah, way. Yeah, so you're an experienced ant farm guy. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm an experienced <laughs> ant farm guy. So I can't I can't wait. I can't wait to see you guys in your natural habitat. Oh yeah, it's going to be get ready because we're crazy. So we're just going to warn you right now. <laughs> I'm, terri- I'm terrified. Uh-oh, there you go. So, listen, man, congratulations yeah. first and foremost on America 2.0. Um, you guys are just knocking Dude, it out of the guys, park with this you thing. You guys are, I, I just got to say, before we go forward, you guys are absolutely amazing. Your your fandom uh, is is has been so astonishing to us and so great. You've been showing us so much love every day, and it's just really it's just really beautiful. We really appreciate it. So I just want to say that I know you talked to JS uh, earlier today, the director and writer and creator of the show, but uh, the way you guys have been promoting us and tweeting us and loving us up, uh, we couldn't thank you enough. It's really appreciated. Stop it. Stop. Keep going. No. <laughs> We no, you're it. very welcome, man. Listen, we are huge fans of the show, um, please, and and please, please. It, it's Go our on. pleasure to to promote it the way we have been, and we're going to continue to do so. We think you guys are absolutely so cool. phenomenal. We think the premise of the show and the platform and the message that the show sends are are relevant and needed today. And uh, yeah, anything we can do to continue to keep promoting it and getting it out there for you guys, absolutely, we're going to keep doing it, man. Right on. But Thank enough you. about us. Um, yeah, exactly. What about you? What do you <laughs> so, think of us? No, I, no, stop. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so, so let's talk about it a little bit. Um, how did I mean? JS kind of hinted at it a little bit, but we want to hear from you. How did you get involved with it? How did it all come about for you to come in and and by the way, read the rock? Got to be one of the most epic lines delivered. I mean, I love. I, I can't say it enough. Read the rock. Um, I love that. I yeah, love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen. The thing is, it's six, you know, six episodes. It's filled with so many great lines. He is such a delicious writer. I mean, he, he and David Carlyle uh, together, this, this pilot script, it was, you know, it started out as a, a one-hour pilot script that we read. Uh, I was invited to a table read by, uh, by our other producer, Jeremy Gordon, who's also the casting director. He invited me to come to a table read uh, up at AFI, American Film Institute, and I didn't know JS. I hardly knew Jeremy. And I sat down. And for the next hour, I sat around the table with all of these wonderful actors reading these really just delicious, fun, smart words. And I went up to JS afterwards uh, and I said, hey, man, I, I, I hate to sound like one of those actors, but <laughs> I loved your writing so much. And I said, you know, can we stay in touch? If anything comes of this, I'd really love to be a part of it. And, you know, and he said, I think I might have found my Porter Purvis. I think you're the guy. And um, 
and I said, "Oh, you're my new best friend." <laughs> and we, we, yeah, well, listen, we, stayed, we stayed in we stayed in touch, and then uh, you know, uh, cut to the idea for the podcast came about because we didn't really want to wait any any longer for uh, for Hollywood to come calling. So uh, so JS came up with the idea of turning it into a podcast. They chopped it up into the six 15-minute episodes, or I guess each episode is sort of between 8 and 20 minutes long. And uh, I, I think it was about three months from the time they decided to do that to the time they, they had the six episodes. It all moved so incredibly quickly. Um, and, I, and I said I wanted to come on board as a producer. They asked me to be, they asked me to be on board as a producer, and I was delighted to, and... I started making phone calls, and uh, and I had this idea for Lawrence Fishburne as the president, and I asked him, and he said yes, and it was kind of like all the cards fell into place. Yeah. Uh, and JS, JS, I'm sure he he might have told you at some point he had this, you know, as a, as a kid in India in Delhi, he had this reverence for the Matrix. Right. So the the idea that he could get to work with Lawrence Fishburne, uh, you know, on something that he'd written. Uh, was was a dream come true for him, and to be able to make that happen is really amazing. And Kate Walsh is a friend, and Patrick Adams is a friend, and so I just called up friends and said, "Hey, you want to come and work for a bag of Fritos and a dollar fifty? And everybody said yes. Sold. And you know, we knocked these things out. We knocked these recordings out. As you know, the the production value is is like nothing I've ever heard. First of all, I didn't really know what a podcast was when I, when I embarked on this and I've since become, you know, a kind of very well schooled in all the other ones that are out there, but the sound quality, the production quality, the, the music, Antonio Lepore's music, everything about it sonically is, it's like, uh, you know, as JS coined the term, it's like TV for your ears. It's Absolutely. like listening to, it's, it, 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 it envelops you and it brings you inside this world in such an amazing way that you feel like you're eavesdropping on these people's lives, uh, on these people's lives for, you know, for 10, 15 minutes. Absolutely. It's that good. And so um, I think there were very few instances where actors were actually in the same room with each other uh, doing the scenes opposite one another, like Patrick Patrick Adams and Kate Walsh. Uh, they weren't, the, the, the great scenes that they have together, the great chemistry that they have together, they were not in the same room uh, with one another. Um and uh, you know, it, it, it was really just just amazing how it came together and the finished product. And you feel like uh, you feel like you're in the uh, the boardroom of of the the Washington newspaper, and you feel like you're in Capitol Hill. The sound of the footsteps. Uh, Dana Bash is somebody that I know very well from CNN, and the little clickly clickety clack of the heels across the marble floors of the Capitol. You know, you hear that. You hear everything about the sights and sounds of what it's like to be, you know, in that world in Washington, D.C. You and really do. I mean, yeah, yeah, all the way down to the, the the phones ringing in the office and the ambient sound of the televisions. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, and he did, by the way, he did share the story where once you did the table read, he knew immediately he had found his porter. So it was a, it, it was very much a, a, a reaction of like what you had. He knew right away it was you. So if you, you know, yeah, uh, when you hear the interview, he, he was attached from the get go as soon as you read the, the part. So that's, that's so cool. Yeah. Um, and cool. yeah, listen, I want to go back because I think one of the, one of the words that you used to describe it, and I want to touch on that because I agree wholeheartedly, smart. 
Um, I think it, it is is it is very smart in the writing. Um, I'm a big dialogue guy, and I, I love yeah. smart dialogue that makes you think and that has a message. And I think that the writing of this and then the portrayal by all of you um, a, a, as the cast and, and bringing these characters to life, it does just that. It, it's got a message, and it makes you think. I also said that I Thank thought you guys, you guys um, did a brilliant job yeah. of showing both sides, no matter where you fall, what side politically. I think you guys were able to say, hey, look – this is this way and this is this way, but we have a lot more in common than we do different, and we can I'm do this. I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you pointed that out because it's not uh, it's not a partisan show. It's very bipartisan. It's very aspirational, and it doesn't take sides one way or the other. You know, it lets you. Uh, Seth is obviously a Democratic uh, congressman, right? Um, but there's Democrats and the Republicans, and they're working together, and it has a great, uh, you know, kind of reaching across the aisle vibe to it. It's uh, as JS. Uh, has described it. It's kind of a. It's a little bit of a little bit of West Wing mixed with a little Jerry Maguire, with a little Mister Smith goes to Washington. I mean, it's it's the best of uh, you know. It has the best elements of all of the great political dramas. It with really that crackling does. good writing, um, and it lets you. And it doesn't preach. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't push you in one direction or other. And uh, even uh, as Lawrence Fishburne said, you know, he call he calls it an iron fist in a velvet glove. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, which is a perfect description for it. It is a perfect, and one of the one one scene that I think highlights it so well is in the final episode where um, Seth is talking, and and um, Kate Walsh's character says, "You're painting me with a red brush just because I'm a conservative. Yeah. We are not all grouped this way or this way." And I think it yeah. does a really good job of calling out people who think that way. Um, and and so yeah, absolutely, just brilliant writing, brilliant acting from the cast. Kudos to the cast. I think it's a phenomenal cast. The people that came together to do this show is just amazing. Isn't it? It really is. I mean, you think about you think about Ming Na, Autumn Reeser, Patrick, uh, uh, Iqbal Theba, the great Iqbal Theba from you know we've seen in Glee and so many things. Uh, even the people that came in to do small roles, you know, for a day or a couple of scenes, Stephen Weber. Right. Uh, just came in and absolutely crushed it. Catherine Castro, uh, our our uh, our narrator, I guess our our interviewer. Uh, she's not really a narrator, but uh, the, the Tamsin, the woman who is interviewing mm-hmm. Patrick Adams on the plane, uh, Lorian Haynes, a wonderful, wonderful uh, English actor and playwright and uh, an artist. And I immediately thought of her when JS uh, said, "You know, we need a great voice," and she's got a perfect voice that just sort of draws you in. Oh, so re- all of the yeah. all of the tertiary characters um, are you know are so beautifully filled out. So it's it's uh, we couldn't have gotten luckier with the casting. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, because, uh, when, when, we, when we sat down and we were sort of going through our wish list, the fact that we got most of the people on our wish list is is unheard of, uh, especially for a podcast where nobody was really making any any dough. They were just doing it for the love of it and for the love of the writing. Yeah. Uh, agreed and and congratulations i like i we told js i think that's a compliment to his writing that everybody came on board and was willing to do it clearly you guys had something there i mean you it's 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 definitely a message that resonates with people that's evident by not only the success you've seen here but even overseas and internationally you guys have got a huge following and i just think that's a huge credit to all of the people involved and the way that you've brought that amazing message that that it is that it's crossed the pond i mean we we were we're number one in Canada, number one in Australia, number one in France, um, number three in the UK. I don't know what's wrong with those guys that we're only number three, but we, <laughs> we you know, 
Uh, screw the UK. No. <laughs> they, 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 it's, I mean, it's been, you know, they, they, lose the, they, they lost the war and so now they're mad at them. That's right. That's um, right. Uh, but no, it's it's just been it's just been amazing, and in such a short a short amount of time. Yeah, you guys. Um, well, and, no. What I was going to say is, I think a lot of that has to do with, um, and I kind of brought this up with JS. Your guys' viral marketing campaign to get this thing off the ground and to and to spark the interest was absolutely brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, I just thought the whole the vote Seth thing, and then moving it forward with all of the different phases of the hashtags. Just, I mean, you guys knew how to attack it on social media and get people talking about it before they even knew what they were talking about. And I think in today's day and age of social media and digital and 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 the way the things, it was a brilliant marketing campaign to get this thing noticed. It's almost like we knew what we were doing. Yeah, exactly, but, yeah. exactly. Look, you uh, had me. I'm gonna... I, I, I wish I could. I wish I could say we had a master game plan from the very beginning, but I, I don't know. JS might argue with this, but I don't know that we actually had a master game plan. We didn't know that this was going to be a podcast to start out with, and then it became this podcast. And then JS and David and his team came up with this marketing idea, and you know, using Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and it's it's just it's, it's, the way it's unfolded and the way people have responded to it uh, is is pretty extraordinary. It it listen, I'm a political and news junkie. I shared this with JS. I'm just going to tell. I I was you had me in a Google frenzy trying to find out who this Seth guy was and why I missed it somehow. And where can I get there one of those go. mugs? <laughs> yeah, and of course where to get the mug? Yeah, but I was I was like who is who is Seth and why do I not know? I I like I fashion myself as I know everything about what's going on in politics and news, and I'm like I don't know who Seth is. Who the hell is this guy? I I was I was walking around. I live in an area in in L.A. called Larchmont Village. It's like a little three block long stretch. Of, of LA that's like, it's sort of modeled after a little New England town. It's like three blocks of streets, and of, of shops, restaurants and stuff. So I would wear my, my Vote Seth t-shirt <laughs> around the neighborhood and people are like, who is that guy? Is he, what district is he in? Is right. he in the California 48th or where is he? I haven't seen him on the ballot. I haven't heard him talk about Right. And then, of course, it gives you an opportunity to talk about the podcast, right. which I do ad nauseum everywhere I go. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, now we have the hats and the T-shirts and the mugs. I hope you guys have got, have you got your stuff? I, ha- I do. I do have my Vote Seth mug. Uh, right on. <laughs> I love my Vote Seth mug. Uh, you'll see it in, in many future videos that we post. Um, I've got to get on it. i got to get my America 2.0 mug and hat. So, um, but yeah, you guys, again, and we're going to push. If we see you out here in L.A., we'll hook you up. Oh, fantastic. All right, I'm going to hold Excellent. you to that now. <laughs> Uh, Very cool. We are going to push the website uh, because we want people to wear the merchandise. So we want to continue to keep spreading the love. Uh, I think it's just – and again, I want to I say this, and I said this to JS. I want to say it to you and everybody involved. I think that when you guys are in the position that you're in and you have a platform for your voice to be yeah. heard and you do this in a responsible man, because I was saying – I think a lot of the problem today with society and especially especially the younger generations is engagement and being informed. And so when we see people like you guys with a platform and being able to do something so aspiring and so positive to to get the engagement and to get people informed and to get out and vote, I commend you guys wholeheartedly for that. I think it's important. I think that's what's going to get things back on track in this country is to get the youth engaged. And this is the perfect type vehicle to make that happen. Happen. So thank you for that. I, I mean, everybody involved. Thank you for that. I think it's important. Can you can you repeat? Can you repeat everything you just said so I can write it all down? <laughs> or 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 can we just 
or can we just hire you as our publicist? Because that was absolutely, everything you just said was absolutely spot on. You know, it's a, it's a political, it's a political show, but it's a political show for people that don't really, you know, that, that don't really care about politics too much, or it's a political show for people that love politics, but it, you know, it, it lets you decide how you want to engage, and it also encourages people to engage at the same time. Absolutely. I mean, we're obviously, you know, we are, uh, we're coming up with the midterm elections on November 6th. Uh, I can't yell loudly enough, uh, you know, for everybody to vote and exercise your right and your privilege to vote. Um, but, uh, no, that's exactly, that's beautifully said. You know, it's, well, uh, that's, that's exactly what we want it to be. You hit it on the head. Well, thank you, and, and you guys hit it on the head, and it's easy to say because it, it's true about what you guys do. And uh, yeah, sure, I'd love to come on as the post. I, in fact, I made the joke. I tweeted about how I wanted to be the press secretary for Seth, and I found out you were going to be my boss. And I was like, oh shit, Spencer's going to be my boss, communications director. I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um. No, I th- I think you guys do do it well, and the show definitely starts a conversation from the vote Seth on to reinventing yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. You guys have done it a brilliant start, job. It does start a conversation. It does get people engaged. People are talking about politics in an aspirational way, uh, you know, by way of this show. And, you know, we're just in a really weird, dark time in this country right now. Uh, and it's, you know, and everything is so divisive. And it's a, it's a very strange time. And so to be able to be in your car and, uh, you know, and listen to a show like this or put your headphones on or sit in your living room and listen to, you know, eight or ten minutes of a show that discusses political topics you know and and doesn't and doesn't uh doesn't put it in your face right um you know i think is 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 really important because uh you know it's it is it could not be it could, things could not be more red or blue right now and uh you know we're just i think we're just all about being purple like uh, let's just you know we 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 have to try to get along more than ever absolutely you're you're right i mean i liking it we are red blue black white there's no middle ground anymore and if people would just take the time to move to the middle a little bit and listen to each other you would find out that we're far more similar than different and uh, yeah i I just I, i could not agree more um and i think it's relevant i think it's timely i think the decision to release it when you guys released it was brilliant um and it, it's just i'm hoping for so much more i want to see this thing continue i kind of told js this i want a tv series or at least a second season of the podcast i want to see this thing keep going because i feel like you guys have something special the message is strong and we need it right now so i'm hoping somebody out there sees this picks it up makes this happen for you guys we're going to do everything we can to keep pushing it because we we want it out there, um, and I would nothing but the best for this thing, man. We hope it just it continues to explode and just takes off, man. From from your lips to the entertainment gods' ears, you know, you guys are doing everything you can. We're doing everything we can uh, to try to find our way to a second season, uh, and ultimately, uh, you know, if a television show happens out of it, uh, I mean, there's been mutterings uh, for the last year of a West Wing reboot. I don't know if that'll ever happen. But, uh, you know, if that doesn't happen, we could certainly, we're certainly happy to fill the void because right. we're, you know, we kind of, we're, we, we, we fit right into that, uh, you know, right into that genre and right into that mold. Oh, so, absolutely. Uh, and the avenues right now, Apple and Hulu and Netflix, somebody out there has got to be wise enough to jump on this project and give you guys some cash to make it happen, man. I mean, there's just so much out there where you could just have 
the freedom to to make this show and you're right it fits perfectly into the void of what west wing had and you guys are it's now and you it needs to happen uh, i can't say that enough i don't know if any of you guys have uh have done this but in the last you know in the last year and a half of of, of what's been going on in, in in our country uh i found myself going back to netflix and watching west wing all over again uh, it's yeah it's to, in just to feel just so i could feel good about uh you know about about Political discourse, you know, not being coarsened and uh, and cheapened, um, and intelligent and smart and thoughtful and uh, you know and and well considered. Agreed. Um, uh, so it's in it, my queue. You know, went, I went back and watched all all six or what is it, seven seasons, of, mm-hmm. you know, of the entire West Wing, um, and you know, I just I just wanted to feel good again. And I think we can. I think we'll find our way back there. I think I think we'll we'll get our way back. Uh, you know, people need to people need to get to the polls and uh, and and vote on on election day. Yes, go and, vote, um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And yes, I, I like you. It, it, America two absolutely inspired me to go back and start watching West Wing again. I, I'm I'm current. I think I'm season three right now. Um, oh, right on. Uh, yeah. Well, and, you know, it, it's hilarious because our first engagement when you and I started talking back and forth on social media, I go and I turn on in yeah. the episode I see that day. There you are. I'm like, what the hell? How is this? Like, it's oh, so are, weird. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> it's amazing that that there you are on the first episode after we talk. I'm like, oh, this yeah, can't be a coincidence. Yeah, he's on the West Wing. <laughs> so, um, I, I like you. I just think, and what I was, t- what I'm saying is, you're watching that show, and all of the issues are the same. They're talking about things we are still talking about today but they talk about it in a way where like you said you're not angry you're not you're you're inspired to say how can we do better how can we address the economy talking about health care talking about immigration reform talking about gun control legislation exactly you know all of those things you can have all of those conversations without without spitting at each other and and hurling insults at each other i think there's a way to get back there uh, you know, we, we, we lost the great John McCain this year and, you know, whatever, you, whatever you thought of, whatever your political stripe was, uh, you, you, you can't argue that he wasn't, uh, a, a, you know, a, a patriot who admitted his faults and mistakes, um, which is not something, uh, that comes so readily to, you know, folks in, in this current administration. Uh, and if, you know, and, and he, he was, he was a man who lived up to the courage of it, his, his, his convictions and, um. You know, uh, we we could use a lot more of that right we, now. We we could, and and I was I was happy to see Joe Biden at the funeral. I think Joe Biden very much the same way. A man who stands up for his convictions yeah. and has gone and both they were sides. Gra- and they were great friends. Yes. And they were, uh, and they they you know back that there was a time when uh, you know t- t- when Teddy Kennedy and 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 Joe Biden and John McCain uh, there were there were friendships. There were lasting friendships. You can have differing political views, uh, but still, but still reach a common ground as you know, as friends and as Americans. Absolutely. Um, but uh, but McCain and Biden were great friends, and McCain and Teddy Kennedy were great friends. Yep. And you know, it's it's gotten so ugly and so divisive now, and I, I just I don't I don't think we need to uh, I don't think we need to to to, to go there. So yeah, uh, I, think, I think we can we it'll be it'll be a long slog, but I think we can find our way back back to that maybe we need to be going through this time right now in order to find our way back to our humanity 
I, I well said, sir. Well said. I think I, I just leave it right at that. I don't think you can say it any better than you just said it. And I do believe we can get there because of people like yourself and because of the people that we do have that that share those feelings. I think I think like you said, it's going to be a bit, bit of a long haul, but we will get there. We will get there. Um. So look, right okay. Let's talk about wow. Your resume, sir, is just insane. Yeah. You. You. Have been at this for quite a while, and the list of credits to your name is absolutely amazing. Um, and let and let it be said, and let it go forth out into the into the universe that I'm only 25 years old. Well, I, I so, knew it. I knew it. Yeah, I, I looked at him massive and said, "Body of work that I that I've that I've uh, that I've amassed and I, at, at such a young age." That's so, incredible. I just, want, I just want everybody to be aware of that. Yeah, well, absolutely. I'm right there with you. I, I too, I'm like 26. <laughs> so, so when, when, when you were on Dallas, you were about See? five. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, Dallas. Wow. Yeah, I'm just looking actually, at this list. Yeah. And okay, so let me get this. Did you actually you actually appeared as two separate characters on Star Trek? Is that correct? I I did. I was uh, I was uh, crewman Simon Tarsus uh, in Next Generation. I was a uh, I was a Romulan. Uh, no, I was a Vulcan who was accused of being a Romulan. Ah, okay. God, I don't. I don't even. I don't even remember. Uh, the Star Trek fans are gonna are gonna um, the the letters are gonna pile up. Uh, <laughs> he was he was a he was a a Vulcan who had Romulan blood is what it was, and I was put on trial for having Romulan blood, and it I was a big it was a, it was a wonderfully <laughs> wonderfully written. Uh, you know, it was, it was the late 80s when that episode aired. I think it was 89 or 90 even. But, you know, AIDS was still very prevalent in the country. And it was, a, you know, it was an AIDS, a real, a real metaphor for the AIDS epidemic, you know, that was going on. And I was put on trial. And the, you know, the, the story behind it was let's not put this man on trial because he has uh, tainted blood. And right. uh, it, was a, it was a great episode. And one of the very first things that I, 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 I ever did. Yeah, um, one of my very first shows, and then years later, I got to do uh, uh, Voyager as a as a hologram. So uh, it's fun. It's fun to go to the Star Trek conventions around the country, and you know, see people come up to you with pictures of you when you were you know twenty four years old, and you know, makes me makes me feel young and chipper again. Yeah, and and the pointy ears, and the pointy ears, not like <laughs> and the pointy ears. I still I still have them. I still have my latex rubber pointy ears really uh, that's in little, fantastic in a, in a little in a little jar somewhere <laughs> that, that's that's awesome and kind of creepy but uh, <laughs> yeah yeah it is, it is both of those yeah and, and every once in a while you know people say hey do you still have your ears and i'll bring them to the star trek conventions and i'll you know and i'll, I'll pop I, them I on around with me uh, that's, times. yeah that's amazing if you really if you really want to get creeped out there yeah, you go no <laughs> You've been involved in some serious franchises, though. I'm sitting here, and I'm the, the Dick Wolf, Law and Order, Juggernaut, uh, the NCIS. I mean, you, you've just yeah, it's incredible. It's funny, I heard you stuff. mention I heard you mention Dallas. Did somebody say Dallas earlier? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dallas. So here's a here's a, a a wild little anecdote. So I just finished uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino's movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right. With, um, it's Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie and Leonardo DiCaprio and Al Pacino. And I mean, the whole world is in it. It's an unbelievable cast. And I had a couple of days of work with, with, with those two guys, with, with Brad and Leo. And Brad Pitt said to me, um, he said, have we worked together? He said, I know I've seen you in a million things. Do we know each other? Have we worked together before? I said, well, you don't, probably don't remember this. But I said, we did the last three episodes of Dallas together. Yeah. When he was about 19 or 20. Brad Pitt was on Dallas. Yeah. And he and I didn't have any scenes together, but he was sort of like the new kid on the block. Right. 
we we were both the new kid on the block, and um, but that was one of his first uh, one of his first jobs. And the lovely thing about standing there and talking to one of the biggest movie stars in the world, uh, who's also just a lovely guy and a, a sweet guy to talk to, we had a, we had a we had a great a great time on set. But you know, he said, "Hey, did you ever do like did you ever do a Matlock?" And I said, "Yeah." I said, "Did you ever do a Falcon Crest?" He said, "Yeah." Like we were sort of comparing notes about all of the, wow. you know, all of the the, the the TV gigs that we did when we were kids, you know, making our bones as young actors. And all of a sudden I'm standing there talking to, you know, not a guy that owns a chateau in the south of France, right. uh, you know, and but, you know, a journeyman character actor who just, uh, uh, I, 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 I remember well, uh, a very dear friend of mine was actually cast uh, as Brad Pitt's character at Delma and Louise. And he was on a television show at the time, and he couldn't get out of his contract. Mm, and wow. Brad Pitt, I think, was was sort of the second choice, and uh, and he came in, and you know, and that skyrocketed his career. But absolutely, he's a he's he's a, he's an amazing guy, and uh, and a wonderful actor. And and Leo is the same. So it was a it was a great time on set, and we were just talking about, uh, you know, you talked to you talked to Leo DiCaprio, and he was. Uh, a kid on growing pains. Yeah. Right, exactly. And, uh, exactly. Everybody's so, got to pay uh, those dues, man, and make their way up. And that's a great good story. Good guys, and, and, and that was a great experience. But, you know, to, to, to talk to him and, you know, to know that we both, uh, you know, did guest gigs on Dallas when we were in our 20s. Right. Just, uh, you know, it's sort of, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun fun memory. Yeah, that's a fantastic story. Thank you for sharing because that that's amazing and and fun to hear. And that movie, by the way, really excited about. I, I think it's going to be huge. Um, it looks like it's going to be a fantastic story. Um, so congratulations on that. There's a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Um, the public, um, the front runner. Yeah, you've got, you've got so much stuff. The the idea behind the public is, is extremely interesting to me about the homeless. I mean, it touches on so many social issues that that the the country is currently dealing. with with right now um and that's emilio estevez correct the writer director is emilio correct writer director emilio estevez it's our third film together uh it's a film that he's been trying to make for i think about 15 years it was originally going to be done here in los angeles and our first picture together was bobby about uh the last day in the life of bobby kennedy Mm -hmm. uh and then we did a movie called the way uh starring him and his father uh, which we shot in france and spain and then uh he moved a couple of years ago to Cincinnati, back where he was, he was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. And he moved back to Cincinnati and he's kind of single-handedly taking over the film industry in Cincinnati and, and, nice. and, you know, and going to make his films there. And the public is loosely based on a true story, a day in the life of, uh, a guy who, who worked in the public library and, uh, on the coldest day of the year, uh, he allowed the homeless community to come in and spend the night and sleep in the library there because they were freezing to death. And, uh, and the politicians didn't want it and the police didn't want it. And there's sort of a standoff between, uh, between he and, uh, uh, and, you know, local law enforcement and the, po- the politicians there. Uh, Christian Slater is a guy who's running for mayor and, and I play his campaign manager, but it was a, it was a, another great experience. He's, he's Emilio Estevez is one of those people where he says, if you're available, you just, you, you just drop whatever you're doing. Uh, and you know, and, and and come running because he's a a lovely man and a and a, a really passionate artist and uh, and and he, when you see the cast of the public, it's Alec Baldwin and uh, uh, Michael Kenneth Williams and Jeffrey Wright and Taylor Schilling and Kristen Slater and uh, Joy Bryant. It just goes on and on, and you know he gets everybody to come and and work work for him, uh, and it, it's a it's a great time. 
and you know we shot in very cold conditions in Cincinnati, but uh, he's just a, a warm and lovely guy, and uh, you know he's got a, he's got a huge heart. So that was a, a that was a great experience. And then the front runner again, Jason Reitman, my second time with Jason. I did Thank You for Smoking uh, years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was fun. He asked me to play Bob Woodward, so I've got a couple of little scenes as uh, as the journalist from the Washington Post, Bob Woodward, uh, who was friends with uh, with Gary Hart. Uh, played by Hugh Jackman in the movie, and right. uh, so I had a great, great time working on that. So those those two things are coming out, and I'm getting ready to I'm getting ready to play Sean Hannity. Yeah, that that's uh, an interesting yeah. uh, transition. Uh, yeah. Bob Woodward to Sean Hannity, like <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> I mean, the, talk about talk about your um, your range as an actor, right? <laughs> I, I I hope so. I hope it speaks to something, but um, you know, I I. I uh, Listen, I played a lot of real life characters. I played Tom Delay mm-hmm. uh, in a movie called Casino Jack years ago. I, t- I, yeah. I tend to get cast as a lot of you know guys in politics and media, and so I've I've been lucky to to be able to play real life guys that I get to study. And uh, um, Bob Woodward was you know, what what a what a what a delicious role to get to play him. Oh, absolutely, uh, because because uh, Robert Redford when he was in All the President's Men, people didn't know what Bob Woodward sounded like back then because there wasn't. You know, he wasn't on television all the time. So I asked uh, I asked Jason if he would let me do Bob Woodworth's, you know, he has this sort of flat Midwestern accent. Right. Uh, so that was kind of fun to get in under his skin. And uh, just a couple of little scenes. I'm not sure how much of me is left in that film. I'm going to see it uh, next week at the premiere in New York. Um, but, uh, but I know it's amazing. And J.K. Simmons is incredible in it. And Alfred Molina plays uh, Ben Bradley and, Vera Farmiga and a lot of a lot of Jason Reitman regulars, right? And he's just uh, he's a, he's a guy. He's another guy like Emilio Estevez who just absolutely just relishes and loves the history of cinema and loves movies and loves movie making and everything about it. Just just getting your hands in the dirt and 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 having a great time with wonderful actors. And he casts a lot of friends and and uh, and and wrote a, an amazing script with uh, with Jay Carson and Matt Bai. So. Um, I, 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 man, I, you know, I'm, I'm talking about these three movies that I did this year and I'm, I'm pinching myself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Well, I think it's very cool. Very cool thing to be a part of. And then, uh, coming up the Sean Hannity thing is my, my, uh, my third movie with Jay Roach. So, um, fantastic. Uh, it's been a, been a, been a fun year, but you know, and then, and then 2.0 is just the cherry on top. Well, I'll tell you what, Spencer, I think it's a testament to you. You can just in this interview hear the passion that you have for the craft and the appreciation you, of, of, of the work that goes into what you do. And I, I think that I think that these projects that you're involved in and these people that you work with and, and, and the level of, of where you've been able to take your career is a testament to you and your passion for what you do. It, it's clearly evident in, in the way that you talk and, and the, uh, there's a sense of humility yet... Uh, and appreciation for what you do, and I just I, I think you, you know well deserved everything that you've that you've accomplished and what you've been able to do this year and and throughout your career well deserved, sir. I appreciate that, fellas, very much. No, oh, absolutely, man. And, and and listen, open invite. We we would love to have you on and talk to you about anything, especially when all of these start rolling out into the theaters and, and people are out to see them. And we we would love to talk to you more about all of the projects and what you've got coming up. And um and again, uh, as two point continues to grow and become a TV show, because I'm going to make sure that happens. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, uh, yes, you, know, you are. I, I, love I, it. I really am. I'm, I'm just going to be nuts about it. Um, but we w- would love to have you back on and continue to, to just promote everything that you're in. Um, we thank Anytime, you know, y'all. Anytime. It would be my pleasure, my honor. Well, listen, man, We above all else, we think, we told this to JS, we're going to say it to you, we think above all of the amazing talent and everything that you guys do as as you, the profession that you're in and, and, and the projects that you're amazing people. You all seem to be good hearted, genuine, kind people who appreciate the people that, that have put you where you are and what you do. And I think that's so important nowadays and we can't thank you enough for that. And thank you. You opened the sh- uh, interview with such kind words about us. Let us return that you have done so much for us and our podcast and the things that we're trying to do. And we can't thank you enough and everybody involved with America 2.0 for what you've done for us. Well, the pleasure's mine, guys, truly. Well, uh, listen, thank you so much. And like I said, open invite, man. Anytime you want to come back on, you just give a holler, and and we're there. We'll make it happen. I'm going to call you every day now. All right. Yeah, I was going to say, let's uh, let's, uh, talk talk tomorrow. That's right. I I think forever (laughs) guest number two. Same time? Same time tomorrow? You got it. All right. No problem. (laughs) Fantastic, man. Every every time I get cast in something, I'm just going to call the crazy ants and say, Yeah. You know, hey, let's talk about me. That's right. Hey, look, look, okay, but we're going to make it exclusive. Like, before it's announced anywhere, screw the Hollywood Reporter, any of those trades, you'd come to us, we'll announce it. It'll be fantastic. I'm almost positive you have a story for each of your credits that we can probably talk about. That's exactly right. As Christopher Christopher Walken might say, it's a deal. It's a deal. Hey, that's good. That's a great Christopher It's crazy. It's a crazy (laughs) end. I'm talking to the crazy ants on the phone. It's wild. It's I love the crazy really? ants in Biloxi. Oh my it's god! Crazy. Wow. Yes, yes. Okay, that's crazy fantastic. ants. <laughs> Spencer, you are a gem, sir. Thank you so much for joining us today, man. You got it, brother. All right, take care. I'll talk to y'all soon. All right, man. Bye bye. Bye bye. God bless you, fellas. Yep, you take too, care. buddy. Stay crazy. Bye-bye. Peace. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Freaking both two back-to-back epic interviews, Oh, my man. gosh. I love these guys. I know. Seriously. I love these guys. Every, yeah. Seriously, everybody at America 2.0 has been phenomenal to us. Like, yeah. seriously. I mean, they just the, the, the most humble, most appreciative human beings. They yeah. are just the, the epitome and example of what a human being should be. Seriously. I mean, honestly, these guys are just amazing from yeah. top to bottom, and we cannot thank them enough. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you, JS. Thank you everybody involved with the podcast all of the fans even the yeah. america 2.0 fans have become fans of inside the crazy ant yeah, farm and kind of like it's I'm, just an amazing thing i'm looking at the li- i'm looking at his credits right now and i'm thinking it's like how would it, what was it like to work with so this what was it like to work with uh you know charlie wilson's war Tom yeah Hanks? so many people yeah, i mean like, just a, that story about brad pitt in dallas uh, is yeah, epic though seriously that was amazing yeah, i seriously. mean thank you everybody midnight like it <laughs> such a great interview can't wait to have more people back on from America 2.0. I know we're going to get Jeremy Gordon on the show, the casting director. That's going to be pretty epic. So stay tuned for that. Man, just so crazy. Oh, so yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. Man. Woo. Yeah. Pumped. I'm pumped. All right. Now it's time for the top five movie. Yeah. What about your top five? Top five movie franchises this week. This mm. includes like Marvel, The Avengers, any of those. Uh, I know a lot of us. Wait, stuck... the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of us just did MCU, but I know some of us, hashtag the ladies. The ladies. <laughs> they did the ladies. like the certain 
the certain movie category. It's true. They did. They because did. because it makes coming up with five easier. Yeah. That's what I... I, I respect know. that. I respect I res- that. Uh, yeah, I respect that as well. So y'all can do... <laughs> Y'all can do what you want to do. Do we want to read off Tavia's first since she is not yeah, here? Yeah, let's that go ahead nice. and uh, give Latte's shout out. Yes. You going to do it? I didn't know. <laughs> you You're said, not going to do you it. You said, are we going to read? I thought you were taking uh, it, but okay. no, I can. Let's all do it. Let's all do it. Okay. She. These are in no particular order like she normally says. Uh, the Avengers. Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yep. Austin Powers. I could see that. She yeah. looks like she loves Austin Powers. Definitely. Uh, Jurassic Park and Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yep. That, Great list. Great, Great list. list. What about you, other lady? Other lady? What about you, other lady? Are all five of them Marvel movies? <laughs> yeah, three of them <laughs> <laughs> Only three. So, I did Avengers 2. No, but you got to do a series, not just Avengers 2. I mean. That's the... <laughs> I did Avengers also. Waka, waka, okay, waka. Right. <laughs> and then I did Iron Man and Captain America. So, right. I said three of my five were Marvel. Uh, at least you're, I'm happy with this. You're my yeah, kid for yeah. sure. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm okay with these. And then Hunger We've established Games. established that. Hunger and then Games. I went Disney and did Toy Story. Oh. Toy Story. Oh, I didn't yeah. even think about those. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I went with Clerks slash the Jay and Silent Bob movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean the View of Skew Universe? Mm-hmm. 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 The Christian Bale Batman. I like all of those. Mm-hmm. Freaking Dark Knight mm-hmm. trilogy. Harry Potter. Big mm-hmm. fan of Harry Potter. All 5,000 of those. Now, would you include Fantastic Beasts in that? Just like the whole I haven't seen any of those yet. Yeah, so I, yeah, I need to check those out. That first one was all right. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. Uh, Two, Star Wars. Love Star Wars. And number one, MCU. All of them. Just all of them. There you go. All All right. My number five, I'm going from, uh, going from five up to one my number five is star wars Ooh, that's right star man. wars because after the first trilogy i you know yeah that's, that's where it was for me yeah oh wow uh, bond mm. bond would be number four uh star trek because even now yeah uh the mcu is is, is my two two i'm yeah. interested to see number one shit yeah dark knight trilogy boom because yes, because bitches. uh <laughs> In my view, like I felt like, like the the um, MCU kind of brings you to their world, and the Dark Knight trilogy to me brought that world to reality. Yeah, seriously, and yeah. made it way more relevant to. I mean, it, it wasn't even like a comic book movie. It was just it was no, like, like that like, shit was hap- It seemed like it was just <laughs> happening every day. Like the whole the third one with Bane. Like I could see yeah. that shit happening. Oh, yeah. Like, just taking over a whole well, city. it stands and, the test of time. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's pretty relevant in any particular point. Yeah. Take Seriously. it away, mouth. That was a good, that was a good list. It was a good list. It was. Yeah, it was a good list. What do you got? I mean, I have, like, many of ones we've already heard. No. Because, obviously, <laughs> I mean. No, but, not um, real. No. Star Wars. Star Wars. I mean, I don't see how you cannot have Star Wars on the list. Yeah. I mean, it's, and Star Trek. Because I'm equal star guy. Yeah, um, equal star guy. Uh, Uber nerd. <laughs> um, I'm a huge fan of the Mission Impossible movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I thought the last late, one... Lately. No, the last one no, I mean, was great. Saying, I, I, I like the later ones. Yeah, yeah I, the first either. one was... Yeah. I've only seen, uh, I think, I like two the older or three ones. of them. Yeah, I haven't seen I like, all the I like them. I, thought, I, th- I, I mean, think I think they get progressively better. I think they've all been... Yeah, no, I agree that they've all gotten better, which is why the franchise is good. Yeah. Um, They've all been highly entertaining. And I mean, I think it's no secret 
secret that, you know, anybody who knows me, I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan. Yet somehow I like all the movies Tom Cruise does. Like, you know, like I don't understand that yeah. Last Samurai is one of my favorite movies of all time, but I really just don't like Tom Cruise. So I don't understand. Oh you don't like the person. You that like wasn't on your actor. all-time list. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Let's go yeah. Pepper. Let's go back. Yeah. Is that on your all-time list? I said it's one of my favorite movies, but oh. that doesn't necessarily that's mean not even one of my favorite time. Tom Cruise movies. Yeah, like, I mean, plus we um, only we only do top five. It's so hard. To yeah, know, exactly. Right? Yeah, um, top five. Lord whatever. of the Rings and the Hobbit. Mm. I, I do think that entire run is, yeah. is Just brilliantly done, um, <laughs> and I was happy to hear that Peter Jackson came back to do the Hobbit yeah. because yeah. You know, there was he wasn't going to, yeah. and then they're like, no, we better give this up. Yeah. There's no one else. For that. And then the MCU because. I mean, yeah. All they right, you're five, Chris. Built that team. <laughs> oh, it's about, it's me now. It wow. is you. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, uh, Star Wars, MCU. Yes. I'm gonna put them in the same line just because that keeps getting mentioned. James Bond. I'm a big James Bond fan. Yes. Yeah. We we've learned that. Yeah. Yeah. From yeah. y'all who listen regularly, he gave us the in depth on one of those. It, oh, he did. Boy. Yeah, <laughs> I did. Uh, Die Hard. Mm. Oh, oh, I didn't even think about those. Die Hard franchise. Yes. Oh, Blowing okay. that shit up. Back to the Future. Ooh, mm. didn't think about that one either. Mm-hmm. The Matrix. The Matrix. Mm. Didn't think about oh, that one either. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah, after the first one. Well done. Well uh, done. Damn. I, I refuse to watch any Rakowski <laughs> after the sec after the third one. All right. Well, All you, right should, you should you should go out one time and find the Animatrix. The I, Animatrix. That's I watch it. And that's okay. Yeah. All that's right. Pretty good. And uh, the Viewers <laughs> I have to mention that because yeah. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. I love yes. his. We're all huge. Kevin Jersey Smith Chronicles. Fans. Let's get him on the show. Come on yeah. the show, Kevin. Oh, yes, come on the show, bro. Be great. It'd be great. All right. All right. Is it time for the word of the day? It is time for the word of the day. Take it away, sound man. What do you got? Dwarp. Dwarp. Dirty, dirty, dirty. Say again. Dwarp. Dwarp. Yeah, a small rural town or village. Often used to suggest a place that is backwards or unimpressive. How do you spell that? D O R P. Dorp. 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 Sounds like a sound effect. Some, this is what Dorp. I thought when I came to like reading it. I was like, Some am might, I reading it right? Some might Dorp. reference our current locale as a dorp. A dorp. A dreamy little dorp. I'm looking for a. a, a a, like a drop, a water drop. <laughs> <laughs> Dorp. Dorp. All right. Well done. Yes. Well done. Yes. Great word of the day. Now it is time for the box office predictions. Oh, I missed my cue. It's okay. It's right. okay. That's all right. Our number. What What do we got coming out this week? We got Hunter Killer. I haven't seen anything about this one. And we got Johnny English Strikes Again. I haven't seen anything about this oh, one. Oh, yeah. That's uh, Mr. Bean coming back. Mr. Bean, yeah. Oh, okay. So, the original little one off was, cue, but there you go. And there it, it is. It was there supposed is. to be James Bond meets Mr. Bean. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like in between. Yeah, the dude like the is a complete one. idiot yeah. and mess up. Yeah, and... This is the third one. Yeah. Oh, well, damn. Yeah. It's going to do horrible because yeah. the marketing sucks. Yeah. And it's 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 coming out against shit that's already out exactly. there. So, I mean, exactly. I mean, you I mean, can top a, 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 a you know, a an A-list talent like Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> well, plus, talent. and if if you can beat Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween on Halloween, then good luck. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I just not gonna happen. Yeah, movies that are already out the that are still out that you can go see: A Star Is Born, Venom, Bad Times at the El Royale, First Man with Ryan Gosling, <laughs> Goosebumps, Haunted House, and Halloween and The Hate You Give. Just mm. a lot of good movies out, really. Freaking really, mm. really, really got to go see the hate you give. Yeah, seriously. I just, I mean, I, I was excited about that one I from the get go. Yeah. yeah, 
Seriously, that one and First Man, and honestly, Bad Times at El Royale too. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm like all of those. Yeah, Artemis Hotel. Mm-hmm. That's what I like in that too. Yeah. And I think I enjoyed the hell out of Artemis Hotel. I think I'm going to enjoy the hell out of uh, Bad Times at El Royale. But yeah, seriously. So number one, I think it's going to be Halloween. It's going to come back. It's going to be number one again. So you think for the next couple weeks it's Man. gonna finish out october yeah probably 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 uh with this time around 35 to 40 million number two i got a star is born which came in that second spot last week pretty proud of them lady gaga bradley cooper proud of y'all <laughs> um a star is born at 10 to 15 he's got a business million. card he's got a business <laughs> card i can buy y'all all the McAllisters you want <laughs> hey, you can take both of y'all uh, yeah exactly y'all. exactly and number three i think it'll be hunter killer the new movie coming out uh with around nine to ten million gerard eh. butler. yeah gerard butler uh that one's number three number four venom uh, with around ten to fifteen million, uh, we shall see. We shall see. And number five, Goosebumps Haunted House with around five to seven million. So, like I said, Halloween number one, number two, A Star Is Born, number three, Hunter Killer, number four, Venom, and number five, Goosebumps A Haunted House. So interesting. Yeah, we shall see. But October, of course, Halloween stuff. Yeah, so. I, I think it's gonna run the rest of the month. Yeah, seriously, seriously, or until. At least uh, Bohemian Rhapsody gets released. Mm, or, oh, that's that's November second. Never yeah, mind. So, so it'll so, it'll be November. But it, it'll be fitting because we could potentially see. You just heard box yeah, you did. Um, you we could potentially see A Star Is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody as the top two films in the country mm. in the beginning of November. I've yeah, been, I've been seeing it's it's not getting good reviews. I've I've heard it's getting that he is getting phenomenal. No, he's reviews getting phenomenal reviews, but and the that not. the film is getting mixed reviews. And I think I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna go on the record and say it. I think it has a lot to do with Brian Singer, and people are like, yeah, yeah. Remember, it was in turmoil. Yeah, and Brian Singer was gone for a few weeks yeah. and then he's like oh okay but now he's back and yeah. like, it was it had a lot of shit go on during the making of it and i feel like that probably hindered some of it yeah but i think the the mixed bag of reviews has a lot to do with that and not so much the film itself so i, I i'm looking forward to it i think it's going to do huge that just huge. occurred to me i mean we're talking about halloween's like you know movies do debut on wednesdays why didn't they just that's what we were talking yeah, we about too <laughs> why didn't yeah. Yeah. yeah why didn't it just de- debut on halloween night I mean, no idea no idea but if anyone from bloom house wants to let us know come on the show we would love to have you shit yeah. <laughs> but next let's flip it over to music billboard chart toppers well guess what guys things did not change from last week number one at the Hot 100, still number one. Maroon 5 and Cardi B's song, Girls Like You. Fifth week, I don't think it's going to break Drake Drake's record, though. So it's fine. Mm-mm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, for the second straight week on the Billboard Top 200 albums, A Star Is Born soundtrack. Which, rightfully so, it's really good. Go listen to it. An honorable mention, I wanted to say that 12 out of the top 20 albums on the Billboard Top 200 are hip hop albums. So I think I just think that's pretty cool. It's probably a lot to do with the younger generation being so much involved in streaming and streaming so much. So yeah. They the hip hop generation and the hip hop genre and the artists involved uh, have definitely benefited from yeah. the creation of streaming and digital. I mean without doubt. Yeah. I I think they're they're the single genre that has benefited the most, I think, from yeah. 
from the conversion. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest. And I, you said that uh, number one was uh, still Cardi B and... Uh, mm-hmm. Maroon 5s. I, I didn't mean to just go no, you're a good. tangent. But did anyone hear that they're... That, they want Cardi B to do a nanny reboot. Oh my I gosh, did I did like, see that. I'm, I'm jumping out a window. If that <laughs> like, no. I, okay, this is going to sound ridiculously crazy, but I would rather Tiffany Haddish do it. Oh, shit. Like, uh, yeah. And that would be a nightmare. Yeah. I'm just saying, if I had to pick either one of those, yeah. I mean... Give it to Tiffany. I'm just saying. Goodness just saying. gracious. Best Wait. out of two evils, man. Pick your poison. <laughs> Sorry. Back, or back on track. here's an idea. Just don't do just it. Just don't do it. Bring just... it back with Fran Drescher. Exactly. For if you're going to bring it back, bring back Fran. I mean. Screw it. It's fine. She looks. She pretty much looks the same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Like, it's fine. You know, you know what? They're, they're redoing um, Alice, yeah. which I think Fran... Put the red wig on her. She'd make a hell of a flow, wouldn't oh she? My Kiss God. my grants, Mel. She'd be the great. She'd be great <laughs> oh to do that. Oh my God, it's, it's hilarious <laughs> since that started out as a movie, right? I, mean, <laughs> I didn't even know that. I mean, Alice doesn't live here anymore. Martin Scorsese, because oh, Fran Drescher does still look great. She's yeah. been on, and and I mean, like I'm telling you, put the red wig on and dress her all like Flo used to dress. <laughs> I know we're gonna. I was like, but I'm curious. I don't remember. Did Vic Tabak play Mel in that movie too? I don't believe so. Okay, I don't believe so. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting uh, look at little oh, camera Diane like they're so flow. old. They're so old. <laughs> I don't what know the what hell ma- what, are they what talking Alice about. So is. Look, uh, I mean, uh, Alice doesn't live here more. Was before my time. Yeah. I, I didn't. I had but to the see sitcom it. though. The sitcom was. Yeah. Was, yeah. Was I didn't. The movie was before my time too. Yeah. But the sitcom was, was it though? Was it? it? No. Yes. Okay. We're damn near the same age, bro. Okay. Like I think it was in. Well, no. It might have been. You might have been like you know a few years old. Yeah. I was a little kid though. But but the sitcom was actually Jody ran Foster. yeah jo- and it mm-hmm. ran a while it mm-hmm. was really successful sitcom mm-hmm. so linda lavin and mm-hmm. polly yeah, something Polly you draper polly it no, was your favorite show draper polly, yeah. polly draper was polly holiday yeah the polly draper's off it was your favorite show um 30 something oh 30, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah 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 it's great it's great she was, she was, <laughs> she was an infant in it <laughs> like well while the old guys talk uh, yeah. so, so anyway. anyway make sure to follow us at all of our social media handles facebook twitter instagram youtube reddit Facebook, Crazy Ant Film Company. Twitter, Crazy Ant Films. Instagram, Crazy underscore Ant underscore Films. And on YouTube, Crazy Ant Films. Reddit, Crazy Ant Films. We have a website, CrazyAntFilms.com. You can listen to this podcast on BourbonBayProductions.com Friday nights. And you can also catch it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play Music. And you can watch the video on YouTube, guys. And yeah. speaking of all that, huge thanks to our guest this week, J.S. Mayong and Spencer Garrett. Yes. And while you're at all those places following us and subscribing and liking us, check out America 2.0. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and like them because we're trying to reinvent America. tomorrow today. Exactly. And get it made into a TV show, right? Exactly. So go do exactly. that. Thanks for all the podcast love. Yes. We have one more thing. Hashtag save Scorpion and Oprah! Oprah!